This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Bev's Video Kingdom really is brought to you by... What the fuck? What's up, dude? One of my renters broke the toilet again. That dude takes giant shits. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Why don't you hire a property management company or something to take care of that stuff? Because they suck, and they take 10%. You know, our dude Hank owns and manages Heritage Realty Partners. I think he said he only charges 5%, and he visits each property at least once a month. That's right. He's always posting beers from the road. You have his number? Actually, I do. His personal number is 805-451-5734. Perfect. Now he can deal with my renter's big shits. Heritage Realty Partners. For all your property management and investment needs. Hey there. Heard you're getting married soon. Congrats. Let me ask you a quick question. What is the main point of a wedding? Joining a lovely couple together and make eternal matrimony? Hell no, it's to get your guests laid. And who better to make this happen than Jimmy Moore, the sexiest wedding singer in town? Move over, Robbie Hart, because Jimmy Moore is here to make your wedding day even more unforgettable. With his smooth vocals and irresistible charm, Jimmy Moore will leave you and your guests swooning. Not only does he have the voice of an angel, but he's also got some serious moves on the dance floor. His sensual dancing is sure to get your heart racing and make your special day even more memorable as numerous guests who just met each other go on to fuck their brains out well after you've headed off for your honeymoon. Look out, ladies. Jimmy Moore is the epitome of masculinity with a rugged and handsome look that will make all the panties wet. He's confident, charming, and knows how to get the finger-banging and drunk post-nuptial orgies started. So why settle for a boring wedding singer when you can have Jimmy Moore? He'll have your guests singing, dancing, and fucking all night long. And you'll never forget the magic he brings to your special day. Book Jimmy Moore now and accomplish what all weddings should strive for. A shit ton of raw dogging in the bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Raw dogging. Yeah, dude. You had to throw the raw dogging in there right at the end just to blow it up. You gotta have that. Welcome to Bev's Video Kingdom. I am Scotch Beck. I will be your host this week. And we are at the Bev's Outdoor Studio, where it was supposed to be a nice, warm... It's cold as balls. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Last week, literally, the, the, when we're recording this, it is cold as shit when literally it was like 90 degrees. And it's May. And it's May. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? So we're like, yeah, we'll do it outside. Yeah, nice, nice, nice idea, Nate. <laughs> you know what? You're welcome to go and sit in the orchard, okay? Yeah. We're There's not even a fire there. All right. Well, shit. Nate, you have a lovely home. Thank you. See, she can stay. All right. Well, <laughs> so I, for having us. you've already heard the voices of, of Brad and Nate, and you just heard a mystery voice. We have a friend of ours, a, a fan of the show. Um, Straight up from AAA. Right. Brought her up to hang out with us a little bit tonight and um, discuss this movie. Uh, Carrie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Glad yeah. to be here. And where is Zach? And, and, and yeah, I mean, I, we do have a doctor here. So, doctor, can we explain what's going on with the uh, uh, the complications with our, our fellow castmate? Grim. 
Oh, he has what's called um, dysenteria shittyitis. Oh, that's the bad one. Or he literally, a toilet exploded at his house earlier from the violent diarrhea that he has. I got that once on the Oregon Trail. Was I was going to say, he's lucky we're uh, <laughs> in better yeah. times. Right after my ox died. Kind of, um, kind of sounds like the same thing you had once upon a time yeah. that he liked to mention many, many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. He's filling up trash can after trash can. Is it's this an annual affliction? Just, is it going to like pass around every year one of us gets this, yeah. like during the summer? Yeah. He's gross, yeah. Um, yeah. and he's out of commission. And we don't – well, we don't celebrate it. We we laugh at it. I can't imagine him just running to the toilet while he's just spraying everywhere. Because <laughs> he tries to like leap <laughs> on it. And, and then he can. realizes he blew it up. So now he just kind of lands in a pile of his own uh, mess. Just, like, that's amazing. Uh, just porcelain and vomit and shit everywhere. Slipping <laughs> <Look at> situations. <laughs> Descriptive. <laughs> Welcome again to Best Video Kingdom. And uh, so we are talking about what the, are we wet, talking the, about? Wet, the we're wedding talking, singer. We're talking about Zach shitting himself. The oh, amazing no, 1998, uh, the wedding singer. And um, anyway, before we get too far into that, let's just talk a little bit about uh, the Deluxe Edition Network. Yeah, the Deluxe Edition Network is the podcast network that we are a part of, and uh, they just finished their award season. Mm -hmm. So uh, later this month, there's going to be the Deluxe Edition Awards show. It's going to be a, a YouTube thing, so you might actually see us recording a little video yep. um, to to talk about uh, the winner of our category, which was the most memorable movie, Stoners, and we will also find out, drum roll, da -da 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 if we made the pod of the year for the Deluxe Edition Network, mm. we will find out. Yeah, well, thank I'm you to anybody. Are you? Yeah. Also, I, I, I'm just hearing that if we do get it, then live on the YouTube, we are. Brad is going to let us cut his braids. That's what he said. I love wow. it. That's crazy. Oh, I'm excited now. <laughs> I'm I so, mean, uh, if and, and yeah, and Nate, the only way that I got Nate to or myself to accept this is Nate said I can I can kick him squaw in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is getting exciting. I, I can't yeah, wait. It's gonna to be, be a, a part of YouTube. all this. Like, like, we haven't we, so. we haven't unleashed ourselves on YouTube yet, but there might be a whole like jackass spinoff of the yeah. DPK podcast. So we shall see. So yeah, so definitely keep your eyes open for the uh, deluxe edition podcast. Um, it's it's a great podcast in general. They they have a, a lot of great Great uh, guests and interviews. They just had Doug Jones, who is yeah. legendary. Um, he's, you know, you may not recognize him because most of the time he's under a ton of makeup, but he's been in some great movies. Yeah. Um, and then they just interviewed Chong. For the second time. Mm -hmm. Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. What? Yeah. Yep. Just, it, it hasn't, it, as of this this taping, it hasn't aired yet. They just, I think tonight they actually interviewed him. So, yep. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then, oh, but also man. there's um, two pods of the month this month. We got Horsin' Around and The Real Drunks. Our boys finally got it. Boys mm -hmm. and girl. Alyssa's, Alyssa's well, part of the crew. I know I forget. <laughs> I'm not smart. I think we all forget yeah, sometimes. So. Anyway, so that, definitely go to, go to uh, deluxeeditionnetwork.com and check out all the great shows on the network. Okay. The Wedding Singer. I'm excited. This movie... I hadn't seen it in you quite actually, a while. You selected this. I, sele I I picked this movie. I'm, I'm hosting tonight, and I picked it. Um, but you like you didn't just randomly draw a movie. What? Uh, okay, I can see where you're going with this, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> this was, I love this movie in so, so many different ways. I'm a huge Adam Sandler fan. Uh, when this movie came out, it was at the beginning, or kind of towards the beginning of just this crazy run of movies that he was putting out, and. He's one of those guys that early on was just like 
kryptonite to me. I just, it, everything he said was hilarious. I loved him on Saturday Night Live. I loved his album. This that the, the well, I've loved a lot of his albums, but they're all gonna laugh at you. Mm-hmm. When that thing came out, I was in at JC, and the song. I didn't realize that he was such an amazing songwriter and singer and just multi talented. And it was so cool to see this movie where he actually got to show that side of him he as well, do do a singing as well. And so, what are you talking about? Happy Gilmore. I want to kiss you all over <laughs> and over again, which is a Nailed great it. scene. I love it. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, it was just I was I saw this in the theater, loved it, and it was definitely been one of my favorites. I hadn't watched it in many, many, many years, and really, really enjoyed the rewatch again the other night. And I laughed, I cried, and I kissed No Money Goodbye because it was streaming. So um, wait. So let me let me just, just you had to pay money. No, I, I kissed no money goodbye. Oh, I so where was it streaming? I I watched it on. It was on uh, uh, HBO Go. Uh, yeah, HBO Max. So or HBO today Max. it was not Max. Oh really? Yeah. So so I went the beginning the of the month, month. They they start kicking shit off, man. So oh. yeah, so I went on to I when I when we look for movies we go on this Ago and Swap app called Just Watch. Yep, that's where I found it. And it tells you. Today? So I went on Just Watch today to find it. Yeah. You know what? Why don't you pipe down over there? <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem. Wait, she, she just got asked to do it today, and she'd already watched the movie because she heard us talking about it, that the next one, she watched it two weeks ago. You know what? I watched it on my phone below the, the 27-inch screen I was working on while I was watching. That makes sense. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, I went on, and it said HBO Max. So, that's bullshit. It wasn't on there. So, I, I bought it on it's Prime. It's the first of the uh, month. Um, so, so Nate, yeah. So let's go ahead and get your thoughts on on uh, on this film. You've seen it before, obviously. I've seen it many times. Um, so I, I I love this movie. So I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. I would say, um, or maybe I would say I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. But I would also say like I'm a long time Adam Sandler fan. Right. And and I think in the early years, my my age and maturity matched up well with what he was doing at that mm-hmm. time. So like even before the movies, I liked him on Saturday Night Live, but his, his comedy albums, yeah. Yeah. which are Clever. for me now borderline unlistenable, <laughs> um, not because I think they're bad. It's just like, I, you know, they're perfect for somebody who was 12 in right. 1991. Not you know, the most like, mature content. Like, but, but, like but mature, at the time, mature like, as being old, it's definitely mature, nasty because he's he gets oh, into some. No, oh, Adam Eden Pace was like, oh, that was hella taboo. Oh, we were my like, god. oh my god, what the yeah. fuck are we listening? This that is amazing. That song was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> is that the one where he shoves shampoo bottles? Yeah, up his ass? shampoo <laughs> bottle, <laughs> shove it in my ass, yeah. move it in. Um, so like, there, there's. <laughs> At the time, and you know, like, you know, maybe Brad doing Adam Sandler still works for me, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like even all way back then, you know, that there's some, you know, there's great stuff, but I, I loved it. And so sometimes for me, I've gone back and I've watched some of the early movies that I love so much, like Billy Madison, you know, we did on the pod and, mm-hmm. and I really like that movie still. It's still funny, but it's not what it was, right, for me. And mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I've, I've revisited Happy Gilmore, for example, and it still holds up pretty damn well for me. Yeah. Like, I, that one Bob Barker in that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Barker's timeless. <laughs> Is he still alive? I think he might be still alive. I think he's on Cameo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, but so, so here, <laughs> Google that real quick. So I, I'm going to go. Are you on Cameo? 
and then like he's he's come real he's had some really good stuff in recent years maybe some more dramatic stuff and then he's had some like really shit you know yeah. I'm I'm happy to report that Bob Barker is 99 fucking years wow. old Dude. still alive he'll Love be it. 100 in December 12th he come on come on you can make it oh. you can make yes. it yeah. I want to see your little guy go off the cliff keep going Bob <laughs> keep going <laughs> so I I want to ask you this to reveal what how I feel is this the best Sandler ever was. I think it might be in this movie. Oh yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think this is the best Sandler, and here's why. Oh man, because it it's the like it's not just pure silly Sandler, but there's a little bit of silly. Right. It's got the musical element, which he's really great at, mm-hmm. and it's got a little bit of that like the best of the romantic comedy stuff. So like I love Fifty okay. First Dates. For me, that's one of my favorite Sandlers, but right. it's not quite maybe silly enough for to grab some of the old right. you know Cappy Gilmore Billy Madison stuff so uh, f- to me this is the sweet spot yeah I know, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I had this written down and I don't know if it's best but it definitely this this showed a, a change where he just wasn't the buffoon yeah you know he mm-hmm. was, it wasn't just a silly laugh at me whatever and there was an actual believable love story here mm-hmm. you know because like Happy Gilmore Eh, whatever he's just yeah there was no there was no real <laughs> relationship car- he's, he's a cartoon built. character same, same, same with um with billy madison's like honestly veronica vaughn there's no yeah. way she'd go for man well i guess he's loaded so i guess it makes sense whatever. i think we talked about that man. Yeah, we probably did i wasn't on that episode. <laughs> but yeah so well, we had larry hankin on you can go check that episode on spotify or wherever you get your podcast <laughs> thank you brad <laughs> so yeah no i i absolutely agree with you that this definitely was a change and showed that he had chops. Like he wasn't just the silly dude doing opera man on Saturday night live anymore. This guy could act because you loved his character. Yeah, you, you, felt, the character you felt for yeah. him. You felt his heartbreak when Linda left him at the altar and you're like, Oh, this guy's got some emotion. He's got well, some well, real, and he's not just yelling shit. Mm-hmm. And, just and it, it helps also. I think that it's set, in, it's like it's like you know set as a period piece, right? Which helps some of his like caricatureness, uh, you know, his, mm. his his like playing things up a little bit it, it is almost like it feels like you're he's playing to the sort of you know stereotype of the era. So it's not just him being silly. It's like the whole thing, the whole situation is right. a little bit silly. I, I don't. I'm yeah. I, I, oh, I love it. a little better too, huh? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it, it, but it's what was interesting to me is I was looking at the numbers and so, you know, Billy Madison was actually a success, even though it wasn't huge because it was a little bit underground, but they made it for 10 million bucks and it made 26.4. Okay. So okay. it did great. Right. Happy Gilmore made it for 12 million, made 38 million. And I thought that was actually bigger, you know, because it seems like you always hear about Happy Gilmore, people talk about it yeah. Sandler. And then Wedding Singer comes out, 18 million budget. Made 123 million. Oh wow! Holy shit! So this is where they made some fucking bank. Then after that, it gets crazy because Waterboy comes out in the same year, which is just insane. That in '98 he had the Wedding Singer and Waterboy the same freaking year. Waterboy 23 million budget, 190 million dollars. Holy shit! And then this is the one that really surprised me: Big Daddy, which. I enjoy parts of it. it. It's okay. It's cute. It's on every Saturday now, though. And. (laughs) Thirty-four million dollar budget, two hundred and thirty-four million wow. box office. He's just printing cash, just oh yeah, cha-ching, can't do anything wrong. Then he makes a little Nicky. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about the eighty-five, <laughs> I forgot about 85 that. million dollar budget, 
fifty-eight Ooh. million dollars. Oh, <laughs> terrible <laughs> And so then, then you just kind of get this weird wave of. Yep. Then that's when he kind of gets into punch drunk love, starts kind of branching out a little. Stuff, so maybe yeah. that was a good thing that little Nikki shit the bed because he got to try some other stuff. So anyway. He has like Mr. D. Brad is just staring daggers because I, 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 I already know he's going to I, I haven't even been asked to talk about the movie I, yet. I don't want to. Yeah, so you've so been chiming Carrie, in. Carrie, do you have anything you'd like to say about this movie? Is this a movie that you've always appreciated or? Probably not to the level of you fellows here, uh-huh. but no, yes, absolutely. Would I say it's my favorite Adam Sandler but then again, I don't even know if I've got a favorite. I I would have to probably say Big Daddy because that's probably really? the easiest okay. watch okay. for me. Okay. And, All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I just, but to me, I, I, there's so many nostalgic memories. Or with maybe, these other yeah, yeah, maybe it's the most um, common. Maybe it's just more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely, that one feels like an easier watch in some ways. Maybe it's more for, no offense to you fellas, but um, I don't know if it has anything to do with my gender or I'm not going to say level of maturity, but. No, absolutely. Um, I love Big Daddy. It's you do? superior to this. Yes. Interesting. Okay. okay. Superior. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, let's, let's, Brad, lay it on us, buddy. How do you like the wedding scene? No, I'll, okay. Here's what I'm saying is I didn't see it at the theater, even though okay. Happy Gilmore is great. I saw the preview, and this is just, this is just you know, you guys know me. There's mm-hmm. little things that set me <laughs> off, and I immediately am like, when the grandma was rapping, that was in the commercial like crazy. Mm. I remember it so much, and yeah. I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, okay, I, I understand <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but is it that funny? Like, this is going to be like the main part of the preview, and I was just like. Old people rapping is always funny. Always. It was okay. <laughs> I think there are more. I think that's probably what it is. There's the most memorable Adam Sandler moments outside of, I would say, though, Happy Gilmore. Because I don't know. I think that was my first uh, intro in classic into Adam Sandler. But no, I, I think there's just more things to pull from from Big Daddy. So, yeah. So I don't I don't end up seeing it at the theater. Right. And I remember people talking about it. It's good and stuff. And finally, I get around to watching it at one point on mm-hmm. video. Uh-huh. And I remember just being like, meh. I, it might have been one of those things where it was too built up for me, Absolutely. but I watched it and I was like, "Yeah, this was well, not you, that funny." You also, I mean, the rom com format does nothing. It hurts. For you. It hurts. Right. Yeah, that, Absolutely. That, that definitely hurts it because rom com is just not my jam. But I didn't watch it again. So this time around, I was like, you know what? Maybe I was just a dumb asshole, young, immature. Maybe you're in a like, mood. Maybe yeah. Again, and maybe I was like, over Now you know. I'm ready to watch this and and really and I actually call in the kids. I was like, hey, come on, this is a funny movie. I know I know it's a pretty big deal. And we started watching it, and my son, like within like five minutes, he's like gone. <laughs> and when we get done, like my daughter's just like, Dad, you had me watch that. I was like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Really. I, and I and I kind of I kind of apologize. I was I, like, I'm sorry, guys. That was a really bad movie. I can't I believe that you have that much bad taste that you've passed on to your children. That's really oh, it unbelievable. It's it, okay. There's just so many things that that are either predictable or it's like, oh, we're gonna have the uh, the mis miscommunication on top of the miscommunication, and then when he goes back, oh, there's gonna be another miscommunication, and then you go back, and it's just it, it's it's almost too over the top. And I know that's the that's a hallmark of romantic comedies. So, so, so here, but it's like they just kept just like piling them on. Uh, okay, okay but, he's walking down the street. Oh, and he sees her, and she's just smiling because she's thinking about him. Oh fuck, she doesn't like me. I'm I'm gonna turn around. It was just like shit like that. I'm just like, come on, how okay, much so, can we can like so let me let me it? make this case. Let me make, let me make this counterpoint. So I, I agree that if that was what the movie was, like if if the movie was supposed to primarily be a romantic comedy, the formulaic kind of forced action of the plot being those misunderstandings, I, I would I would be more on board with this. 
but it's almost I'm for plot when I'm thinking about an Adam Sandler movie. But I, I well, it's not even that. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's just like there, there's no. You're not asking. I, I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not asking that much of the of the romantic comedy because there's so much else there. So I just want to see. Like I, in some ways, it's like they're doing that to not overcomplicate what's good about it, right? Which is like there's reasonable character development. There's good chemistry between the two of them, and there's fun things happening all along the way. So like the misunderstanding. I guess. I guess it's that I don't feel like they make too much of those things. Like they're not an overly complicated explanation for the misunderstanding. It's like, yeah, we'll move it forward. You know, this is easy. It's an easy watch. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I see what you're saying. I just think it's stupid. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, that's a fair. But it just when you say that this is the best Adam Sandler, that's just bizarre to me. Because like I, I would say, okay, he's 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 great in 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 Happy Gilmore, even though that's like the overtop character. But then right. no, he's great. Big Daddy. He's a good like. It's actually kind of a serious role. He's great in that. Punch Drunk Love. I mean, he's like just a great actor in that. Yeah. Punch Drunk Love. He's great in. Fantastic. But 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 I guess my point, my my, and I'm not even saying anything negative about it. It's just. It was like, the first time he took the edge off where he wasn't going to be the obnoxious asshole. Totally. I guess I'm just saying as a comparative advantage, right? He's he's a good dramatic actor, but he's not even in like the top 50. Oh, not even close. Right? Whereas like if you think about Sandler as like a kind of a little bit of a utility player where like he can bring a little bit of emotion to certain things. He can be, bring some co- physical comedy and you know silliness. He can bring a little bit of romantic chemistry. He's got a little bit of musical chop. Like mm. it's so for me, I guess I'm just saying there's not that many people. Maybe this is the question we often ask that 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 is important here. Who else makes this movie work? Well, I mean, how many like 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 Jim Carrey sucks in this movie, right? Right, and he's kind of a f- silly physical actor from the same era, but like he he has no rom com chops at all. He's musically. Right, because no you, you have to have, you have to have all, all of it. You have to be able to sing. Right. you have to be able to act and be funny yeah. and have all of it. And Adam Sandler is a is a rare talent in in that respect. I think that's what it is for me. That's why I say it's Showcase. the best Sandler's because it's no, like really it's bringing point. everything out. Maybe Sandler is the one who has to be there for the, for the Robbie Hart role, but I feel like they needed some. I think this movie's better with better characters around him. Not necessarily Drew Barrymore. She's fine. But uh-huh. I think some of the other like side people are just kind of... You didn't like Glenn. Wooden. Glenn's no. douchey. And, but <laughs> he was like a good, his, he's but a like good his, douchebag. He's a good I don't know. Like, his, like, like Alan Covert, his, his, the limo driver, his buddy. He's, he's in all his movies. Oh, I love him. It's, it's all... They were cones. I know. I know. I know. It's just, <laughs> it just, it felt like a sanitized version of Adam Sandler. And that's not... I, I feel like it could have been a little bit sillier. Now, how much of your feelings about this was tainted by your kids sitting there. Well, first of all, <laughs> your son leaving the room after five minutes, apparently. And then you sitting there going, oh my gosh, my kids hate this, so it's I should hate fault. this too. No, no, no. When my son left, I was pissed. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you need to sit here and watch this movie because it's it's actually a pretty good comedy and it's a little right. romantic, romantic comedy, some music and stuff. You'll like it. And But then as I watched it, I was like, oh shit, he actually did the right move. <laughs> so what's what's peak what's the best adam sandler for you well I, well that's see, a hard question because is it yeah. is it peak comedy sandler or, well, just, or well, what's peak your favorite sandler? what's your favorite sandler what's water your boy. favorite sandler movie water boy yeah i mean it's 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 but, a character a it's a adam very sandler. character it's very much adam sandler is the only one who can play that I role was say, i couldn't imagine anybody else no, nobody could see him actually you know coming back and actually saving the day at the end either um that was, yeah. that was the twist but that's yeah, the thing is twist. i'm not like yeah. a romantic comedy <laughs> 
a romantic comedy <laughs> has a story like at its heart and where it's trying to tell a story versus like well, the water boy is going to be a silly experience. You go in, it's called the fucking water boy. And like they have like a kid on ESPN getting hit. Like the, the Michigan brought out their water boy and that's he gets like killed. <laughs> it's like, that's just slapstick. But uh-huh. the, the, this movie is, I think it's, well, it's it's kind of like trying to balance between two worlds, and I don't like the biggest I feel like the it biggest problem. One way or the other, the biggest problem is this: this movie wasn't silly Sandler for uh, you, and yeah, you, and you're not a, you're not a rom com guy. We all know that, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's fine. And so this movie doesn't speak to you, and um, you're, you're it's almost forgettable in the catalog of Adam Sandler's to you. If it's, for, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But I thought it had enough of the silliness and the goofiness and like, the song he sings to Julia <laughs> when you know, oh, you fucking joke. So like that song funny. is yeah. so great. Well, and you get some bonus silliness from other characters, right? I mean, yeah. Bashimi. Bashimi's so good, man. So good, right? Like, you know. Don't think I, 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 I best enjoy this world. movie, but don't think I didn't like enjoy parts of it. I didn't enjoy right. the movie as a whole, but there's okay. definitely parts I enjoyed. Yeah. And there's definitely some funny, like good lines and some some funny good parts. So I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to shit on this. And I'm sure we'll get we'll get into this later. Um with, with well, the I, sh- I, shag snags and all that stuff. And I, I, and, I do want to say a couple things. Like, okay. And, and you have to agree. And again, this is me nitpicking the plot and all these misunderstandings. But <laughs> I just don't know why is, you would ever nitpick. Is a, the a wedding movie kiss like... practice the most fucking ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> That's dumb. What that in great. the hell is going on in this scene where, yeah, just practice on him. Like, these aren't real people. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> when wh- can you imagine a world where this actually happens in the 80s and it's just like yeah just kiss him like, so that was the moment where suspension of disbelief left that was like whoa 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 how did the writers think that like <laughs> just having much. her kiss him as a practice wedding kiss what bride would ever be like yeah fuck yeah a bride that was in love with him and was like, I'm looking for a plausible excuse to kiss this guy. And then wait, is that her sister or wait? Her sister is her idea. Yeah. The the sister's not going to do that. Yeah. That sister. Just go ahead and just cheat with your husband right now. It's not cheating. (laughs) It was just practice, Brad. (laughs) You can call it practice when it's on the other people. Okay. First of all, that sister character hundred percent does that. That sister's like, oh, yeah. I don't give a shit about it. She's anything. the biggest slut in town. They talk and about she's that like, movie. She's like, let's stir some shit up. This is fun. Two, I'm telling you right now, like, this is the 80s. Anything happened. Everyone was on Coke. Everybody's on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if this movie had more Coke, I probably would have yeah. been a little bit more into it. Oh, no. This is. This Glenn is, definitely does. Oh, Glenn does a, a lot of Coke. shit ton of Coke. And the fact that they didn't bring in, like, a Coke joke with him is. is Zach would be yeah. incredible. Wild. This might be Zach's number one criticism if he were here is that there's not enough Coke. <laughs> Glenn is on Wall Street in the 80s. <laughs> He's coked up the whole time. Oh, oh no, my no God. No chance he goes out for a bachelor party with anything less than, you know, like. A full gram of coke. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's eight balls all the time. Oh my gosh, that's great. Is yeah, it, so it, that that one, but but and then the flight attendant at the end, she just announces, "Oh my god, I just got sexually harassed by this guy." She announces to everybody in the middle of the, the just the, the first class, who walks in and just says, "Yeah, this guy just slapped my ass and tried to like basically molest me," and just uh, announces yeah. it to everybody. Yeah. Lottery is up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> See, when, when, as soon as I as soon as I turn on a movie, I turn but, full straight. I love it. It's I like love. Brad turns, and then like every other totally unrealistic thing is overlooked thing. for that one thing. Just, oh, I've got a couple more. I know. Right? I know that. I just know. I'm just happy to know that Brad knows a lot more about writing movie than Tim Hurley, who wrote Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, <laughs> Big Daddies, and just did a shit ton of writing for Saturday Night Live. 
I'm yeah. Just, I'm just glad he's on Fits our on pod. Money. He's on our pod, everybody. He's right here <laughs> sitting next to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason that Carrie Fisher, Judd Apatow, and Adam Sandler all had to work on the un- uh, on, on the script. So mm-hmm. maybe that guy's not great. Wait, Carrie Fisher? <laughs> yeah. Carrie Fisher? She, she, Princess, she, Princess she had Maya. to write up the uh, uh, Drew Barrymore part because they wanted it to be like more female. Oh. They thought that the the first version was going to be just she was just just an object and was not really written out very well. So Carrie Fisher spent like 6 months doing it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I think guys can't write female parts perfectly. I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> I mean, I never heard of that. I think you and I did a great job. <laughs> in our script we fail whatever the test is. I oh, okay. yeah. Oh, uh, big time the Bechtel test. Is that what uh, it is? The Bechtel? You have a test Bechtel? I didn't even give it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You and said it, it to me. Are we doing I, are we doing final in, intro thought? Yeah. Um I don't know. I think this it's great. The music is amazing. Um it, I laughed out loud numerous times. I had a great time, especially on this rewatch. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought that I would, honestly. Cuz we've had a few movies lately that I've seen a bunch of times and it was fine. You know, like Gladiator it's like, okay, but I've just seen it so many times. This I hadn't seen in a while. And I hadn't really seen fun. this in a while, and yeah. I, it, held, it held up it more held up. than I expected. I was hoping to be surprised. I, yeah. I and Honestly, I cannot say that like more than anything. When I called the kids and I was like, I <laughs> fucked up watching this movie the first time. I'm going to give it its due, and it didn't happen. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway. I hope you at least walked out on one of your parts that you also agreed you disliked. Um, He just kind of like after the like first five minutes, he just like... Eh. <laughs> After he's saying that amazing version of <laughs> right round, right round, yeah, he's just like, yeah, you I'm, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, and it starts pretty good, like, like the yeah. whole like when uh, uh, Alexis Arquette has to do like the song twice, like that's yeah. funny, like that's that is funny, a really funny moment. And then all the romantic comedy shit gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, style. let's uh, let's move on. We're we're going to uh, have a special guest on the next segment on uh, drinking the director, and uh, we'll be back. Pull up a chair and grab yourself a drink We'll hypothesize what directors think Maybe sometimes get a guess Makes us look good Let's drink, laugh, and pretend We know what we're doing Drinking with the director Brought to you by Last Call Brewing All right. Yeah, just like the uh, little bumper says, sometimes we ask hypothetical questions. Uh, sometimes we actually have the director on. Well, one one times we had the director on. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we just have a, a, a guest that makes us look good. And uh, so we, we brought somebody special on today. Um, and I don't know. He just makes me feel good. He always has. He, he's one of those guys that I met a long time ago. And um, he's just got a, an infectious personality. And so one of the themes in, in Wedding Singer is, you know, Robbie Hart is trying to become, he wants to be more than a wedding singer. And, you know, he's playing in wedding bands and, and bar mitzvahs and all that stuff. And so I thought it was kind of interesting how, you know, I've, I've gone through that life myself, played a ton of weddings, a bunch of gigs I don't want to do. And because you're trying to get to this next level. Well, this friend of mine, who I'll introduce here in a second, he's kind of done that, but with acting. And he's a self-professed, he told me he's the average Joe actor. And he's, he's got one of those faces that when you see it, you're like, I think I've seen that guy. 
I've seen that guy and this and that. And he's got some great, great uh, things he's been in. We'll go into that in a little bit. But without further ado, Dave Ruby, thank you so much for joining us. So happy to have oh, you, bud. That was beautiful, Scott. Just like I wrote it. I really I appreciate <laughs> you so much. He stumbled over a couple of those lines. I had to kick him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Chat- yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's an honor, honor to be here. And, uh, you know, it's just... It's it's good to hear your lovely voices. So let's let's fire away. Yeah, yeah man, it's so good to see. You. Yeah, we, I think we met each other. Shit, I was trying to think about it. It's probably what 15, 20 years ago when I when we met the first time. God, I can't believe it's been that damn long. Um, so it's great to see you. Um, so you've had quite a career. Um, you you've done a ton of commercials. There, there's actually you, you sent me a, a link to a great website, DaveRuby.net, which you actually didn't even realize was Thank still you. active. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Now I have one. I have one view now in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So DaveRuby.net. Um, it's got a bunch of his his commercials, and um, you know he's he's. I can just go through a few of your credits real quick. Um, and and this is one of the reasons why we brought you on is because of one of these credits, uh, the movie Dead Man on Campus. Oh uh, yeah. You had a, a recurring role, if hopefully it's not the right term, on Bull. Yes. Yeah, and also Judging Amy. Judging Amy. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you had a, a sitcom that you did about, I think it was like 22 episodes with uh, Jaleel White, who everybody knows yes. as Urkel. And you're one of the co-stars with, with him in a movie, in a, in a show called Grown Ups. Yes, sir. Yeah. Can I jump? And then the actual movie came out, Grown Ups, and stole any history of someone looking up like that. <laughs> <laughs> this asshole Adam Sandler. <laughs> and we're doing an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, man. Oh, there, there you go. There's, so he came in. interesting about that, not, not to get too off course here, but like, I finally found my sitcom on Canada TV right now. You have to have a VCOM or whatever it is, or VC, I don't know what it's called. Um, but I was able to watch all 22 episodes during COVID. And I was like, man, I was not that bad. <laughs> and I tried to have, I had my wife sit down and watch it with me. She made it through eight minutes. Oh. <laughs> and she's all, I love you. but, but I'm I know. She's like, this is, this is really great. But isn't friends like friends runs like that, right? Friends is on. I said, yes. So we can just so watch, friends we, we can watch season two of The Office again. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah. Any or just a couple episodes, anything. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got? I mean, because that's that's pretty big stuff, right? I mean, those are major shows. You're you're co-starring with with uh, Urkel. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, I mean, I, before I met Scott, I was I got to um, L.A. in around June of '94. In fact, like we were going one way on the turnpike, and OJ was going the other. It was literally <laughs> oh, wow. that. That was the day we moved. We thought traffic was the worst ever, and it was because of that. Wow! And wow. Uh, my best friend and I, Fman, we just knew we were in the right place. We started. Um, I he went to meet with an agent and I'm not going too far back and showing like bar mitzvah pictures here, but he went to meet with an agent and the agent was just staring at me the whole time because I was a short, funny, fat guy. And my buddy looked like every other guy. And they're like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm just hanging out with him. I was literally eating like pretzels and listening to the <laughs> interview. You know, and they ended up signing me. And uh, we had both done a TV show together in college. So we had you know, we definitely had some, we were inspired to be out there, but I started booking commercials right away. That was my big thing. I didn't know how hard it was. So I'd go in, I became like the little Caesars pizza guy. And then the meow mix guy and, you know, fat guy dancing by the pool, fat guy, number two dancing. by the pool. (laughs) I, I, 
I just kept booking commercials. And then my parents were like, how are you making a living out there? I'm like, you work for like 28 minutes and then you get paid forever. Like, you know, yeah. it was just like the, um, the residuals and this and that. And, you know, all of a sudden I was like, I'm pretty good. I'm decent at this. I'm, you yeah. know, I've always stayed humble, but I better get myself an acting class. And I literally took my college education and did nothing with it and got into acting class. It's an American and, past um, Yeah, it's, you know, she's like, you're decent, but we just need to trim the fat. And uh, next thing you know is, again, I didn't know how hard it was. So I was knocking them out of the park. I, um, the Dead Man on Campus, I believe, was 1996. It was my first feature film. It was, so good. Uh, they hired me for like five scenes and I ended up doing about 20. Wow. And we shot all over your neighborhood. So thank you for, you know, thank you for letting us in because we shot where yeah. I was at PU and we were all over the place, man, up in uh, Northern Cali. You were, you were, you're right. I actually still work in Stockton and I went to University of the Pacific where they, where they filmed. And so I was, I was there and, uh, I remember them like saying, oh, yep, right there in the window. That's where the fraternity was. And that's where like they were leaning out doing shots and stuff. And then the Knight Street Bridge over in Modesto. I know you guys filmed a big scene there, too. So it was like, I mean, that's that's all right in our backyard. Like, and that's that's legitimately awesome. man. Yeah, we filmed the finale at that bridge. And I remember because uh, Poppy Montgomery, it's just such a great cast on the movie. And they needed us all crying and cut to like us. And they like were like we don't know how to, we can't cry. <laughs> you know, it was like all, all the guys that booked like five, 10 lines. So they brought over like drops for our eyes and then it just looks like we're bawling. So it's like, you know, little, little fucking secrets of Hollywood right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the real actors on the left were like all bawling and we were all like, the comedians were like, we'll take more of the eye drugs. Please. <laughs> so, so, so Dave, I want to follow up on something you said, forgive the boringness yeah. here, but um, a buddy of mine, Cliff Chamberlain, who's one of our guests on the show occasionally, ha- has had a sort of similar acting career, I'd say. Like, you know, his, his sort of IMDb might might look kind of parallel. And one of the, we were hanging out in Chicago not too long ago, and we we're talking a little bit about, like, his career and looking back. And, and one of the things he said was that early in his career, I wouldn't say that he felt like he was selling out per se, but that, like, he had some discomfort taking some, like, one-off episode roles or com- sometimes commercials and things when he was early in his career thinking like, not that he was too good for it, but like he was waiting for something you know, else and he's waiting for the big break. And he was talking about the finances and saying that he wished he had known then or he would have reassured himself that like the residuals from those shows for him are like the way, what he thinks of as like his income and like, like his like space salary, right? That, yeah. that, and he was kind of, I don't know what the numbers were, but you know, like, residuals from commercials and shows where he did one episode of, you know, Chicago, you know, fire or whatever, you know, you know, this and that, you know, bring him, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year enough, you know, that it, that it is like a supportive thing for his life. So how do do residuals, I mean, is that kind of similar to your experience with like the way that residuals work and they kind of come clumpy, but they're what they, they feel, they feel like they're just sort of like the ever giving uh, fountain. I mean, you're going to learn something huge right now. It's very interesting for actors, and especially the ones that probably work like Cliff and I, is the minute you leave set, you're unemployed. Like, your employment ends. So all these actors are collecting California unemployment. You know, whatever that is, on top of the residual. So the weaker residual comes in, you can't claim unemployment. But you can, you know, on several weeks where you don't get one, because every time you leave set, again, not to 
repeat myself, but you're unemployed. <laughs> For me, it was um, the commercials really paid the bills because like, I still get residuals today for Dead Men on Campus, Basketball, a, a couple of other, I did a horrible Paris Hilton movie. I mean, but when I tell you these <laughs> residuals after taxes are like $3.86, but you're going back almost 20 years. Right. You know, um, the commercials, the residuals are fantastic because it's current. So it's mm -hmm. like the last thing I shot, right? I actually took them right out of business was a company. I don't know if it's up there, but it was called Golf Smith. So, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. now it's, it's called Dick Sporting Goods. But mm -hmm. we shot this amazing um, Golf Smith campaign. And I played a, um, I drove the hearse in a funeral procession. Geez, it's very late here. I drove the hearse in a funeral procession and the car's weaving all over the place and everyone's following me because my golf club was ready. So the, the premise was phenomenal. And, um, you know, it's just like you work that day for, let's say, like $800, but then you make another anywhere from like 10 to 15 to 20K in residuals right. at, at, if it airs well, right. if it's a successful run. And if it's like national or local or, you know, the difference. Usually local sure, right? would be a buyout. Local might say, here's five grand. We're going to run the shit out of it. But right. if it's a national, like, you know, when I did Meow Mix, I did Meow Mix 1 and then Meow Mix 2. And then, of course, Meow Mix 3, we shot where they shot the birds up by you guys again. You know, like I just had a great run uh -huh. up in San Fran and stuff, <laughs> man. It was, it, was, it was phenomenal. Baxter. But, you know, I, I yeah, there you go. Although line. I was going to do it, but it's like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I stole, I stole your line, man. Well, and I know Scotch yeah, is, not even doing it. Scotch kind of gets the whole thing. I mean, with with the music, with with right. uh, my brother's band, he's he's got a lot of residuals <laughs> from from many different things, and and that's got to still be kind of funny getting a, a twenty cent check every year. Yeah, every getting once an in a while. ASCAP, ASCAP check for you know maybe a cup of coffee. And uh, what's what, <laughs> what, what what's the lowest check you've ever gotten? It's great when they lose money on postage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, but, but Scott, near us in L.A., there was a great bar that's not there anymore called Residuals. It might be there, but if you had a residual for under $1, you got a free beer. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. That's legit. It, it seems like an awesome concept, but they probably lost a fortune all over the fucking wall. Right. All, these, all these residuals. For one dollar, but I did I did run away, Nate, from your question about grownups. And and the funny thing is, is that when you're not a name, when you're coming in and you're like one of the greenest, you're like on the cusp of making it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how Hollywood works because I had to audition for the casting director. Then you come back for a callback and you meet maybe one of the producers. They love you. Now you come back again. It's you and like four of the producers and this writer and everyone's in the room. So now you're in front of like eight people sweating bullets, this and that. Then you go to basically what's called um, studio. So mine, what uh, grownups happen to be 20th Century Fox. So now I'm in front of about 30 people at 20th Century Fox in Tara, which is where they shot, uh, what's that famous, Gone with the Wind or whatever. It's actually there in front of Culver Studios. And I'm in there and it was one of the best auditions I ever had. I was on fire. Like you, you just get out of my way because this is my fucking role. And then I had to go back for network and I figured network was going to be huge. And what's cool, I don't know if any of your other guests have told you this, but your contract is done. So you sign a contract, I'll talk numbers, um, like, uh, let's talk Matt LeBlanc on Friends. David Schwimmer was probably worth at the pilot $40,000 maybe for the pilot of Friends. Matt LeBlanc was a nobody. Dave Ruby was a nobody. We, the most we're going to get out of our agents is maybe 18500 for the pilot. But that's for 
one for one episode. Right. That's just a pilot. But the point is, you go in and you sign this contract for, let's say, $18,000. But you don't have the job. It's just that you signed your life away. And <laughs> if you get it, that's what you're getting paid. So talk about hanging a bone in front of you. Your contract's <laughs> done because networks now has this, there's like three funny fat guys, we'll call it, in the room. And they're all just super, they, they pick these three guys now out of the hundreds or thousands of people that they've been casting. And now you're at network. And I went in thinking it was going to be like 50 people. It was like six studio execs and it was in an office. Like I was like, holy shit, what is this? You know? And sure enough, it was like, I did okay. I don't think it was the best audition of my life, but then they brought in who was to play my wife, which was Marissa Rubisi, who's Giovanni Rubisi's twin sister. Mm -hmm. uh, Dazed and Confused, great movie. Right. Oh, yeah. um, and sh the chemistry that her and I had was just everything we did together, they were on the floor laughing. So it was like they brought me in. It was okay, a little bit stale. They told me to leave. They brought Marissa in, then they brought us in together, and we killed it. Uh, they also brought me in with Soleil Moon Fry, who ended up, she was on the pilot, but she got fired, which is the craziest thing ever. Wow. Oh, shit. To have Soleil Moon Fry and Julia White in a show together, you think our ratings would have been huge. Dude, but P Punky Brewster is the deal. We'll yeah. say that right now. Very, she, very important she, to my childhood. Soleil Moon Fry. I got my career. Oh yeah, and and she's such such a great energy. It was like filming that thing was phenomenal, and I kind of you know I got very lucky with being Scott and I talked about this briefly. You talk about like I was on Saved by the Bell, but I was on Saved by the Bell the new class, so I didn't work with Zach, but I worked with Screech. It's weird and Belding, and and the funny thing is, is then I booked Dead Man on Campus, and who's the lead? But. Zach Morris. So yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> right. I should give him his real name, but I'm so fried. Mark Paul Gossler. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. So, okay. So I got a question about ad libs. So yeah. do you, do, do you have any, did you, have you ever ad libbed a line and like they kept it and you were like, yeah, I killed that. Or, or have you ever tried to ad lib a line that someone was like, fuck you, say the line the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely both. But, um, the thing is, you start working with some of these directors that put me in like Miamix or put me in. I had a great run with beers. I have a, if you ever get to look at the website, there's a great, what's on the website is what I was able to find. So the stuff with Don Rickles, uh, the Budweiser, where, where Don Rickles is by the pool and he's Don fucking Rickles. Right. And everybody's around Don Rickles, but he runs out of Bud Light. He literally, the last drop falls out of his beer. Cut to the schlubby, nobody on the other side of the pool. I open my beer and everybody runs over to me. <laughs> because, because I have the open bud light. And um, like my line was, I had a pizza last night. And, you know, everyone dies laughing saying Rickles isn't that funny. It's whoever's holding the bud light. But then the director's like, just have some fun with it. So I was like, so uh, I said, I had a pizza last night and everyone laughs. And I'm like, pepperoni! You know, and, they, <laughs> and then they're like, keep staying, keep, just keep feeding us, feeding us. And then you don't know what's going to make the commercial. And another one that I shot up by you guys, and I forgot where it was a stadium, but it was a huge Coors Light campaign. George Went was in it from Cheers and all these people. And the poor actor who was the beer, uh, the beer concession guy, he kept fumbling his lines. And I had like two lines sitting in the crowd and he came over to me. And he basically spills a Coors Light and everybody's horrified, again, spilling beer and, you know, the horrors that it was. 
So I started grabbing beers from the concession guy and I said, maybe I could console the family. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how I stole beer. And there's something called Video Village where all the producers are 100 feet away and you heard laughs like you never heard before. And that, when I tell you commercially, and I got a lot of commercials on the website, so much becomes ad lib. And that's why it's such a great question is, on the commercials, they're like, go with, go with what we wrote but now have some fun with it and let's see what else might work with the personality that we right. hire. Right. You know, I got hired for Home Depot to play the softball coach and I'm like, you know, let's go now. Get him, slugger. You know, and it's like, they don't write that stuff. That's, okay. you know, I'm a softball player. I don't look like a softball player. My body's falling apart. But I mean, I played <laughs> softball for years <laughs> and I just put myself, you know, like, that's why I can't hold a candle to someone that's doing like Shakespeare in the park. But my God, at playing Dave Ruby, you know, I was good at it, and I had a lot of fun with it. You know, <laughs> which I've I've, I've heard but, uh, that playing yourself can be actually pretty tough. So if you're uh, if you're good at yourself, then you're doing something right, I guess. Yeah, that I that <laughs> I wasn't tough for me. You know, um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Commercials. I went in there and I would say, what What's everyone else doing here? Theatrical things were tough. Like when I booked Judging Amy, I ended up a lot of these things going with the ad lib is, you know. I don't know what like Cliff's experience were, but for Bull, I booked three episodes and ended up doing 11. For Judging Amy, I booked a two-episode arc and ended up doing like 12 or 13 of them. And it's interesting because it, you have to go in there and kill it. And then they're like, we like him. Let's have him recur on the show. Right. Because at the end of the day, man, it's it's a tough, tough industry. It's uh, You come in, you know, I would say... What I always like to say is, let's say you come in post-college. So there's all these 22 and 23-year-olds running around this crazy town. It's the best looking. Not for all of us, but it's the best looking. <laughs> it's the funniest. It's the prettiest, this and that. And you start growing up together. So I had a 12-year run out there. All of a sudden, it's like I'm auditioning against three or four of the same guys that are working all the time, but it's, we're all taking turns. And then what happens is you book something like grownups and I get my own sitcom and you come out of that. And it's like, which Avenue are you going to go now? Like I want to keep going for like two or three episode arcs where I could recur on the judging Amy's on the bull on married with children's, whatever they are. I want to get on the set and do my thing. But the thing is, is like, all of a sudden, you're almost like your name got a little bit too big to go out for mm. the two or three. So the next thing you know, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I'm testing against like Jonathan Silverman. I'm testing against French right. Stewart. I'm, you know, these are huge sitcom guys. I went up for Daredevil. They brought me back three times. And of course, John Favreau got the part. I mean, he like, probably <laughs> wrote it, you know, I, I, you know, and it's like and I could tell you right now, a movie. I mean, I don't know the exact year, but when I tell you I screen tested for a movie that would have been life altering, I'll give you one line. You ready? Have you seen my baseball? Oh, oh. we do it. When so I tell you I tested, for, I was in the room with Matt Dillon testing for the film, or it might have been Ben Stiller who I was in the room with, but it was with the Farrelly brothers. And, you know, oh. have you seen my baseball? You please, were going to be Warren? Please, have you seen my yes, I tested for Warren. Warren oh. was there, the actor who played him. I haven't seen him in a lot since, but he was phenomenal. Yeah, uh, he was yeah, we did, we did, we did that for our uh, our hundredth anniversary episode. Yeah, I wish I knew what what a film. But I, I remember look, being surprised the fact that that I thought he actually was somebody with special needs. Like I didn't realize it was just an actor doing a part. He was he was right. good. He was good. He was really good. Yeah. 
Brad, I'm on, I'm honest, Brad. He killed it. Like he, they got it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I just wish I could sit here on the, the show today and go, yeah, yeah I was in something about the, there. Well, those, yeah, <laughs> those, those checks would be pretty tasty. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Something you actually had mentioned to me and I wanted to make sure I brought up was something about a poker game that you are involved with or was involved with with some other actors. Yeah. Yeah, There's not a lot of gambling going on in my life anymore. But when I was in (laughs) L.A., Hank Azaria hosted. I wasn't quite. um, What was that movie that came out? That's just is it Molly's 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 game? game. Yes. I see. I'm burnt. I'm so burnt, but I'm so close to remembering things. You know, like, there's <laughs> phenomenal. So right before Molly's game, because Molly's game, I believe, involved the whole uh, Toby Maguire, yes, Leo, yeah. and that whole crew. And I mean, all I'm all over the place. I don't want to get too far off Scott's question about the poker game, but like the crew that I ended up starting to run around with, besides my college friends from Maryland, I went to Towson, Maryland, and we all moved out there together, but. I started, I told Scott, I was working, the only other job I ever had besides acting was I was working for $7 an hour at uh, this tennis facility in Studio City. And it was amazing because like Matthew Broderick would come up to the counter and be like, can somebody please, you know, I just, there's somebody on my racquetball court and my time starts at seven. You know, I'm like, Mr. Broderick <laughs> right away, I'll, I'll head over there and knock on the window. And all of a sudden, I'm meeting Richard Drivers, Broderick, uh, George Clooney comes in for a new racket. It was crazy because I didn't have the experiences of like being like at these fancy Wolfgang Pucks and seeing these celebrities. Like I'm working in this shit tennis center. It wasn't shit. I was blessed to have it. But so the next thing you know is um, my shift's ending and these guys come up to me and they go, do you play paddle tennis? It was paddle tennis was before pickleball. It was right. like with little paddles and yeah, it was yeah. big in Venice Beach, you know, on your coast. And um, the next thing you know, I'm playing paddle tennis with a comedian actor named David Pressman, an actor named Patrick Van Horn, and an actor named Matthew. And there you go. And an actor named Matthew Perry. Now, (laughs) there's no swingers yet and there's no friends yet. Friends, Mm. he books while literally like that summer. So it was crazy timing. And you guys could Google my timeline. Not that you don't believe me. (laughs) Pat Van Horn replaces somebody on this shit movie called swingers that nobody knows anything about <laughs> right so here i am i'm like the commercial guy doing commercials pressman's recurring and everything matt perry becomes bigger than god and patrick van horn books swingers as sue you know and and the next thing you know is i'm like look at this paddle tennis game forget, forget myself <laughs> like, look. And, and i get invited to this poker game and I watch them become, I watch Matt Perry become Chandler. I watch, well, Pat Van Horn had some ebbs and flows, you know, with mm-hmm. that circuit. But I somehow through Pressman and the guys get invited into Hank Azaria's poker game. And when you talk about the circle, this game, it was, you know, a couple of like business finance guys that they were like just great personalities. But then you would have like Matt Perry, you would have um, David Schwimmer, you would have uh, Hank Azaria. Richard Kind. I'm in a race. I don't know if you know Richard, but he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, in yeah. he's in everything. He's in everything. Like, uh, and these guys were so fun. Like, the personalities at this table. I, I probably learned more at this poker table. I would lose every week, but I would win because of, you know, and it was like, and, and so many different groups. I got to hang out with you and your band and this and that. But mm-hmm. I, one of my fondest memories was, 
when it was at Hank's house, we'd have the best food. He'd cater like the nicest sushi and the best pizza. When it was at like my other buddy's house, we would have Domino's. And I'm not knocking Domino's. <laughs> no, it was just a different budget. Yeah. But yeah. it was like, you know, nine hungry guys or eight guys and a lovely lady, whoever was there. And like the pizza would come. And I remember one night, just I wanted to get my share as a fat guy. And I remember trying to like shovel four slices in my mouth as soon as possible while playing <laughs> poker. And I looked up and it was like, thank God nobody's looking at me right now. And then I looked over and Pressman is nodding his head and smiling at me. And I'm like, what? He goes, he goes, I'm literally watching you getting fatter. As you sit <laughs> hey, starving and, actors, and man, able, starving actors. Right. And to be able to tell that story now, it was like, I still cry when I think about it. But this, this poker game, and the reason I even bring it up is I would, I had some, great ups and downs in my career but the the ups is like you can't even like wipe yourself you know like the ups is like you don't have to pay for valet you book a show like adidas says come to our adidas office and pick out your clothing and the downs is like we need to charge you double to park there tonight or you know what i mean we need to raise your rent it was just like and all i remember from that game is going like oh my god like i'm down like five hundred dollars i don't have right now and David Schwimmer is sitting there making a million forty thousand a week, debating whether to call for like eighteen dollars. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and there was one game I got so mad, like I just like because he was he was the nicest guy, but he was very you know he's very careful with his. He wanted to win. He was very I don't know whatever is whatever the term is, but the thing is I just remember staring at him going. What is the forty thousand for? Like, why a million forty thousand? I remember <laughs> it's not just, just a million. And 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 if you guys remember, that was per episode. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, I was, it was it was, but the, just the um, Rich Eisen played in the game. It was just it was it wasn't a crazy Molly's game. It was everybody very interesting. You bring a check to a poker game that way, nobody can leave early. So it's like you just fill out your check or you get a check at the end. Just little, little tricks of the trade so, to be a degenerate gambler. So continuing the parallels, uh, in there were, maybe this is probably 15 years ago. Cliffy texts me. We hadn't taught, we hadn't talked at that point, maybe in six or eight, 10 months. And I get a text completely out of the blue and it's from cliff. And it says, I need you to give me a crash course over text on how to play Texas Hold'em. Oh, God. He, cause over in, text yeah because in college because in college he you know he knew I, I would run off and we were called roommates we would run off and play you know occasionally and and then he knew you know i'd played a lot and in, in years after that and uh so i'm like well shit you know okay you know early position i'm going through this one like why do you need to know right now after i send this like long set of obnoxious texts he's like I'm sitting here in a poker game with David Schwimmer. I don't want to look like I don't know what to do. There you go. There you go. <laughs> look at that connection. That's nice. I swear uh, to God, no, I was like, look, holy and, shit. And and just to tie in what you what your topic is about today is, I remember Pat Van Horn. He was never a huge poker player, but at Paddle Tennis saying he was going to audition for a movie. He wasn't that worried about getting it because he didn't love the script, but it was called Wedding Singer. Oh. He was uh, auditioning. He was auditioning for who played the um, keyboard player. Oh, that ended up being oh, uh, um, Arquette. Arquette, yeah, Alexis Arquette. Alexis Arquette, yep. Right. So, so Patrick Van yes. Horn was going for the keyboard player. Well, there you go. That's, that's how crazy. That's Look, wild. Do you know what, you know how many times I booked something written for like Tall and Blonde? Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood is crazy on the show. Bull, because um, Scott brought it up. Is uh, I was brought in 
they there was a second assistant director on the show who was best friends with one of the producers and his name was Jeff K. And um, they said, we are basing, the, we want this short, fat, fast-talking New York stockbroker. And the thing is, it was a weird time for me because I had just come off my sitcom and I can't believe I had to go on some of these auditions and not go like right to producers. It was, it was a time in my life where like the, the humble Ruby got buried a little bit. And you think like, I just did a sitcom that no one watched, but I still did a sitcom. <laughs> and, um, and this was a drama and I went in and uh, Megan Brennan was a cast director and she was phenomenal. And she came out in the hallway and there was all these short fat guys sitting around the hallway waiting to go in and read for this part. And she goes, when you see dot, 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 cut me off. And she slammed the door. So obviously the last few actors didn't do a great job. I went in and uh, I didn't have to worry about my New York accent or this or that. And I had probably the, one of the best starts of an audition I ever had. And she said, you know what, Dave? That was great. I want you to come back for the producers this afternoon. I said, Meg, I appreciate that, but can we run through the whole scene and you can give me some notes? And she's like, I really don't have time for that. And I got up and she's like, you know what? Sit down. Just sit the fuck down. Let's just do this real quick. And it was one of my best auditions. And then when I came back for the producers, I flubbed like the second line and I, I couldn't recover. Uh -huh. So I started shaking a little with the script in my hand. And when I got outside to the parking lot, I called my manager at the time and I said, I I just lost uh, for both of us this greatest opportunity. And he's like, we'll get the next one and this and that. And then I got a call later that day from Megan Brennan going, don't you ever do that to me again. I got, they listened to me and you got the part. Oh, and it was, nice. it, it was just a cool Hollywood story. Cause I, you know, yeah. I have some of them, but it was just, I love doing the show. I got to work with like some amazing actors. I got to, uh, Oh God. Uh, um, Alicia Coppola, Elizabeth Rome, Elizabeth Rome. I, she's been on, um, some amazing television and I, they, her nightmare was making out with me. So I got to make out with her in about three. <laughs> Again, when I say like, I, I'm not lying. Like she would wake up in a cold sweat from shit. She secretly loved me. So it was amazing for my character. And I remember um, there was a director named Keith samples and he had been working on Oz and he came into my trail and he's like, there's a scene you have coming up in the courtroom and I want you naked. How do you feel about that? And I, I, I just told him I feel, I, I, I just told him I feel great about it. I didn't know what else to say. Right. I feel great. I mean, to be like, right now I'm weighing a buck eighty and I'm five foot four. At the time I was two thirty. Like I looked like a thumb, you know. And, 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 and the thing is, is like you say what you got to say, and and it's like well, well, let's do this. And I remember the day like of my nudity scene. I like I wanted to crash my car. I was so nervous, like anything but going to set because, you know, I think most actors won't. I'm not saying they won't tell you the truth, but this is this is me peeling back all the layers. Like I'm telling you guys, like I was shitting in my pants that I was going to be naked. And it's not like I'm this, you know, the comedy of it was look at him, look at him naked. And I have to make out with her. And I'm thinking, am I going to get excited? You know, like this right. is like this whole thing is crazy. So he um, came into my dressing room the day of or the morning of and he said, you ready to rock this? And I said, no, no, no. I said, I got to be honest with you. When you pitched it, I was I was a different human. And now that I'm thinking of it, he's like, oh, shit, Dave, come on, really? And I said, yeah, yeah, um, what else can we do? He's like, well, I have you holding a bouquet in front of your junk. And I was like, yeah, no, that's probably I don't know if that's enough for me. 
you know? And then he goes, well, what if you wear tidy whities And there was a pause. And I said, I'll wear tidy whities So, you know, I had the robe on and then I took off the robe and I, I had tidy whities on and I had the bouquet on over, over my groin area. And we did the scene and then he's like, cut. And he's like, this isn't working for me. Get clothes for Dave Ruby. So, and, it, and it wasn't working for him because it was like, I was disgusting. It was like, he wasn't seeing, Bull was a drama. And this was like her, her uh, dream sequence. And he's like, it's just not working that Dave's naked in this scene. So it was like, you know, it's just things that happen, you know? And yeah. You, you talked a minute ago just about like just the kind of the humbling experience. And I can't think of very many careers where it's like you can be in for a while and then it's like that those studios all of a sudden you're walking up and it's like you're a stranger. They're like, uh, sir, can I help you? Other other times they're opening up those gates and like, come on in. You've got a show like this is you. This is your this is your palace. And I, and I just I was trying to think of like other jobs that had that type of situation. And, and it's it's got to be tough, man. It's got to be kind of wild. Make a show like you grew up watching because I was on the 11th season of Married with Children. Right. And two incredible episodes called Spring Break 1 and 2. And basically the girls use their sexuality to get our um, plane tickets to Fort Lauderdale. And the thing is, I'm the one who got paired up with Christina Applegate. Nice. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, it was phenomenal for me. And I was just like, oh, my God, I, like, I'm, I love you. And, you know, you got to play it cool and this and that. And I'm on this couch that's now in, like, the Smithsonian Museum. And, mm -hmm. you know, and there's the dog and there's Ted McKinley from Revenge you know, of the Nerds. Yeah, you know I what know. I mean? It's, <laughs> like, it's, just, it, it's just so surreal as a movie buff and this and that. And, uh, yeah, it did work out, and I ended up hanging out with Faustino the whole week, and it was just the whole thing felt like a very almost famous. I, I yeah. felt like <laughs> I was hanging out with these gods of television and um, watching back on almost everything I've done. It's still some of the best TV I was ever lucky to be a part of. That just doesn't go away. Like, Married with Children airs every day, not right. only mm -hmm. here, but in every country. So like, you know, someone in Zimbabwe might be saying my lines right now. You know, it's just, it's surreal. It's probably my dad's favorite all-time show. He yeah. he was a, a, a teacher and back in the day, he was also a football coach. On Fridays when it was game day, there was a lot of times where his students would be watching Mary with the Children while he's <laughs> designing plays and getting ready for the, the evening's game. That's unbelievable. That's a true story. We would yeah. record it on VHS, so I have at least 24 VHS. Oh. cassettes somewhere <laughs> married nice. with children love it nice. I, I was not allowed to watch married with children and you know <laughs> oh, really <laughs> my childhood was heavily heavily deprived heavily edited <laughs> oh, and you, man. you know what's what's kind of cool is if you look at even like um going back to dead man on campus if you look at the cast from that it was like I, I did my scenes with uh his first gig ever was Jason Siegel or Jason Sagaz Siegel. That's how he right. says it. Yeah. So it was Linda Cardellini and Jason where, yeah. you know, they played the school kids and then, um, Allison Hannigan and obviously Tom Everett Scott, you guys with that thing you do. I mean, it was literally his third movie. He had gotten off that thing you do. He went and did werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. And then they had hired some comedian and the comedian was gone on day two of filming. And they brought in Tom Everett Scott who, when I tell you, on a, I don't keep in touch with a ton of people. I keep in touch with uh, some of the guys from the poker game, but I still try to keep in touch with Tom Everett Scott and Linda Cardellini. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I couldn't be prouder than Linda. I mean, what oh my what gosh, a career! Yeah. And she's and again, Northern California pride right there. I forgot exactly Redwood something. Redwood City would be like that's kind of over by San Francisco, correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not sure yes, exactly. Yeah. Said, yeah. But I, 
I'm just throwing, trying to throw you guys any props. <laughs> we're, we're like we're in the the the, the valley and in the Bay Area is you got to go over some hills and stuff, <laughs> right. but it's all Northern California. We're they, right in the middle of the state. They don't yeah. claim. They don't claim us. Hey, for my from where I'm staring, it looks, I live in the I live in the fucking wild wild west right now. So hey, Florida, where are you, where, where are you at, Dave? I am in West Palm Beach. I'm in Wellington. Like literally, Tiger Woods and Justin Timberlake about oh. a mile from me are building a new town. That sounds oh shit. So, a new town. <laughs> that's that's a different kind of money. Exactly. <laughs> I live in horse country, but I am on the outside of the horse country. You will not see this body on a horse. You know, I am on the gas station side of Wellington. And, um, and you know, Florida has been good to me. And, you know, at first I was really, I was pursuing some great shows out of Florida. Like Burn Notice was down here and a couple I've shot that one horrible movie with Paris Hilton. But I was doing well commercially down here. And then COVID just kind of changed everything right yeah. and now it, it, it was bad and it was good the good part of it is i found all these things i had done and started making the website you know and just going like holy shit i did a lot of commercials you know yeah. and and they, and they really paid the bills and they made living in um living in la a lot of fun and um you know i look at the guys that i auditions i auditioned again that are still doing it right now and they're absolutely killing it you know yeah. i mean like 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 a whole other level of security for a lifetime by acting, yeah. which, which in an actor's mind only gets you so far because you could have all the money in the world. But if you're looking for the next gig for your yeah, ego, if you're, if you're passionate yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, how many people make a living as an actor, right? You know what I mean? Like I for, they, for, forget about the sort of big money, right? Like it's rare. It's rare. Right. I mean, there's a, there's, you're in the, you're in the, you're in the top of the 1% of, of aspiring right. actors. If you, if that's your profession, right? I well, mean, yeah, it's, it's living down there. You know, it's like, as you know, Dave, we hung out with a bunch of musicians, actors, people trying to get in the business, yeah. you know, and we were all yeah. in the same boat. We were all trying to just get gigs and, li and working from, I was working from bar to bar, gig to gig, whatever you're doing audition to audition. And all our friends were doing the same thing. And it, it's like the percentage of success is pretty damn low. I'll just say we we talked about recently on an episode that's like I think when we were kids all every time you saw somebody on TV you're like that person's a millionaire they right. have a Lamborghini right. exactly. they're in a mansion it was just like that was the immediate assumption just being a dumb kid here in a in, in little town but, I, but see I don't even think it's a dumb kid thing like I you know I mean I, I'm a dumb adult um, and it took me a long time <laughs> as a dumb adult <laughs> to to get to that point where you know like I in some ways this is sort of a constant fascination of mine is that that there is this this separation between fame and wealth and i don't think yeah. i think most people even if they like like intellectually understand that it's very hard for them to like keep that and i think that contributes to the to the sense that people have where they that like celebrities are, aren't people in a sense and I don't mean like not people in a humanity sense, but like they're not the same because it's the, they live differently because they're rich. They're not just famous, but they're rich. And I think once you start to realize that that people that are that are that have that fame also have to make day to day decisions about 
their budget and whether or not they're going to get the HBO package and, you know, whether or not gas is more expensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it makes it, it makes it more relatable in a way that I find endearing. I think, you know, that you realize like these are people that love their job and are passionate about it and do something that they're, they're widely known for, but they're still, you know, they're still just working, you know, a Bust job and trying asses, to take yeah. care of their family yeah. and, and, you know, thinking about when they're going to retire and all those things. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, but clearly you made it right. Cause, cause most of them can't pay the bills with it. Uh, well, I, I made it in the sense that I'm going to get a SAG pension, but I mean, I look, I left, my dad was sick. He's no longer with us. And then my mom's like, please don't tell me you're going back there. Like, you know, she wanted me mm-hmm. here. I ended up meeting my wife. I call Florida home, but you know, it's interesting because to make SAG insurance, to make like to be you guys think of medical insurance in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So to make SAG insurance, you have to make, let's say, twenty thousand dollars a year on a producer pension show, like something that's SAG produced. You have to make 20 grand and then you qualify. I'm throwing numbers out there. You, it's usually around 17, but 20 is a nice round number. Um, you have to make twenty thousand dollars acting and then you qualify for a, a like Blue Cross PPO the following year. I think that which puts your numbers right on it, Nate, is about under 5% of all of SAG makes insurance, qualifies for insurance. And you're not even talking big money. You're talking, you know, being able to make work to make 20K a year, which most people can't even live on. Or you can't live on. Right, right. Especially in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're, if you're making enough to survive, right, acting, you really are. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're, you've done, you've done it. Um, in, in, you know, but, in any profession, that's awesome, right? Like, you know, in, well, those, in those hard to get I, look, ones. There's also those of us, like I, like I said to you guys in the beginning, I was good at being Dave Ruby. I never would say like I was a master thespian, but I had a great run out there. I'd like to think if I was there, there's still one great show left in me. And maybe there will be one day after I get this knee replaced and my back fixed. Um, <laughs> but not, my back's okay, but my knee needs replacement. But the point is, is some of these people that I got to experience life with, they're so wicked smart. And that's something I don't think people realize. It's like David Duchovny and Hank Azaria and for my friend Kevin Rahm and all these people, like they probably could have done anything mm-hmm. with like their their, their um, Ivy League schooling and this and that. And they're like, they were great at looking something and memorizing <laughs> it and dressing up and pretending to be that person. And I remember going back to the, poker game at the time Hank Azaria was married to Helen Hunt so we would get to the game early and Hank and Helen would be playing Jeopardy with those old handheld Jeopardy paddles and (laughs) like I don't want to like you know take all the wind out of myself but I'm terrible terrible at Jeopardy I get like the $200 question like once in a blue moon and I'm watching them get everything like yeah. everything right. And I, it's not even a great story, but I get goosebumps because I think like <laughs> th- these people, they're so smart. It, it's just like, and and it's like, I'm thinking I'm going around the poker table, Rich Eisen, Josh Molina, Richard Kind, like all these people, like I would get a script and I'd have to spend all night analyzing like one line, how to deliver it, how to remember it. On the sitcom, if they changed the line, I would be royally watching my language now, but royally screwed. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and the thing is, is just like these guys, you give them a change and boom, they get it. And the thing that's cool about a movie or the thing that's cool about TV, um, and I don't know if other guests have hit on this, but like um, give me one one-hour drama that one of you loves, just any any drama. 
A TV, not a movie, a TV show. TV show. Uh, the okay. Shield's my favorite of, of all time. Okay, go with The Shield. Which one? The, the Shield. Shield. Okay, so The Shield. The Shield is filmed over eight days. That's how TV works. You literally work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're off Saturday and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. In eight days, you film this 42 minutes of magic, because that's what you film for TV with commercials. So you worked on this eight-day schedule where there's one unit doing this, one unit doing that. The lines are memorized. The script is there. You're not waiting for a laughter from the crowd. And it's interesting because you can watch one episode of The Shield and laugh and cry and go, oh, my God, I'm speechless, you know, whether it's Game of Thrones or The Shield or this and that, and you're just staring at the TV at the end. And then you can watch the worst freaking movie you've ever seen that took three and a half months to film, and it's 90 minutes. I mean... That's why, like, I love movies. I love movies as much as this podcast. But I'm saying TV is also a very interesting venue yeah. when you think of a show that you love. That's all. It's done in eight days opposed to eight months. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the tide is turning, obviously, that, that prestige TV. And it's, it's becoming, I mean, we're all the big actors from Hollywood are now transferring into TV. In fact, like just trying to pick out the ones that haven't done it is like, it's kind of surprising. It's like everybody now is doing TV in some form or another. It's, it's kind of wild. I was talking to somebody the other well, day about like a book that was being made into a, a television show. And I've been super into limited series lately. And one of the things I recognize mm -hmm. is, you know, the thing you get from a book, which is that rich detail and the mm -hmm. kind of scope yeah. of a book that's even, even if the timeline of, of the book or the time scope of the book is relatively short, the sort of like, you know, amount that you get to digest is perfect for a series that's five or eight episodes, right? Chernobyl. I mean, yeah. Chernobyl had the plenty of time just to give that slow burn and really build up everything. Like, no, absolutely. And, and when it's that, but when it's finite, I mean, you're effectively watching a movie that just has the ability to give you breaks right. so that you can, you know, yeah. digest it like you would a book. And I got, I got to think that, right, like, you know, not to be overly specific, but there's thousands and thousands and thousands of really great books, right? That, that have that character to them that haven't been made into put onto the screen. You've Cause got they a, couldn't do them justice. Cause they, they can't either. They can't Back do them the justice day, yeah. or there's just not enough outlets. Right. But there's so many more outlets now um, because of streaming services. And there's so many, it's so much more accepted as a format that I can't imagine there's, there, I'm just saying the pipeline is full of good content and, and because now it's accepted and because the acting is so elevated and the directing is so elevated, you got to think that like, it's only going to get better. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I agree. I, I think some of the best TV is like curb your enthusiasm <laughs> because you asked about ad lib earlier and oh, they yeah. just say, you know, we're going to fight about this pencil action. You know, take us from A to B. And they let those brilliant directors. And that's one regret is never being on that show. I didn't get to audition for it mm. because that's what I love. I was an improv guy. I, I love the idea of what that show is because the confidence is through the roof. I don't have to worry about screwing up my line. I just want to get it from A to B and right. make sure you guys you guys laugh at it. But, you know, I, I just think like, you know, I turned on Netflix the other day and there's a documentary called the longest third date about a couple during covid he literally just films them on the third date going during covid to i don't even know where they went at this but it's, i think to bali and um I, I ended up watching this an hour and 15 minutes and i'm like it wasn't great it wasn't horrible it was just netflix is like we're gonna tell people that 
they're going to watch this. And, it's, and, I, and I watched it. And then, and then I told my wife about it at dinner, and she's like, what the fuck are you watching? And I'm like, I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore because I have become a 16-year-old girl. That's what I watched. There's a lot of content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. What you guys did the other, the, the podcast with the director from Rudy and Hoosiers, you guys are hitting on something that goes so beyond what some people are able to do creatively because it's like, I, I said to myself while I was listening to that, Hoosiers is in my top five. Me too. And I said to myself, who's getting the director of Hoosiers right now? <laughs> you know, uh, to talk about, ex and, and then I'm hearing about the gym and I'm getting goosebumps while I'm driving on the turnpike. You know, when there were lines, I remember that the, there are two types of stupid, the guy who runs around naked outside and the guy who does it in my living room. You know, the first one I don't have to deal with, the second one I kind of got to take care of. And it's like, I, I just, the, the, it's, it's just great. And it's like, you know, this isn't, I, I'm not calling this the Dave Ruby, you know, tell Bev's how great they are, but I, I just want to let you guys know it's so outside the box and I think it's brilliant. I really do. Appreciate that. Thank you and so much. And it's like, man. I look forward to listening to more of these. And, um, you know, I did, like I said, to, to find somebody that happened to be in my top five, because I don't care about other people. Care about <laughs> no, so that was, that was pretty phenomenal. Uh, but I, I cut I, you off like five times. I, I basically, well, I basically I do the podcast just for my own entertainment. So uh, we're right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, yeah, speaking to the, the, the Dave Ruby ego, I, I want to hear just as we kind of, uh, uh, sign off here, but what is the strangest place where somebody's ever recognized you? Like what, what's your favorite story where somebody is like, wait a second, I know you from something. It's a good question. I, I mean, we were out on a, on a boat cruise with my parents, not a cruise, but we were out on a boat and um, I, I don't exactly remember where it was. It was like a fishing boat and a guy kept staring at me the whole time. And I was still, I was still new to all this. And then finally I was like, my dad's like, what's wrong? I'm like, this guy keeps staring at me. He's like annoying the shit out of me. You know, it's just like, you know, I don't like, do I have shit on my face? Like I didn't understand. And, and the thing is that, um, his favorite commercial was Miamix. Was Baxter? Mm. It's Baxter, you know. And um, <laughs> and then he came over to me, and it wasn't a time of iPhones and this and that. And it was like more of a Kodak click thing. And he's like, you know, I just this is my daughter, and hi, and Miamix is our favorite commercial. And I was like, oh my oh, god, oh, okay, that's, that, so that's, cool. that's great, that's great. And um, and we we took pictures at that, and I got recognized a lot from the sitcom. A lot of ups and downs. I. There was um, a whole, like, not NFL, but back in the day, there was another football league. I don't remember the name of it, but there was there was a team called the L.A. Dragons or something like that. I don't know. That was I the, might the, have world the World Football League. league. World yeah, football I think league. it was the World Football League, yeah. Thank you. And I'm in the bank filling out um, a check, and the whole football team recognized me from grown-ups and went ape shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, because it... it it hit like a certain demographic, whether it was like the younger African American mm -hmm. demographic or whatever it was. But they, this team, they went batshit, and I was taking pictures with all of them, and I, I, mm -hmm. I remember that. <laughs> and another time, I was at a crazy strip club <clears throat> in San Francisco, of all places, called like Mitchell Brothers. Mitchell, Bro so, Mitchell I don't Brothers, know. <laughs> that's famous. No, I don't, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Not familiar. Um, guys, familiar. <laughs> all I know is. Every room I went into, I stepped in something. Like, every room I went into, got, like I was like, where am I? Is this heaven or hell? And all, I, all I know is I was sitting there. It must have been like 
1999 or something and just the place you don't need to or want to get recognized and these dudes are like it's zeke from dead man on campus and, screaming and, and, and buying me drinks but but the ones i remember is the football uh, team recognizing me and getting recognized for dead man on campus in the strip club that was that was, that was pretty That's crazy great. beautiful um, but but my favorite recognition story and i know we're wrapping up here is I was in Vegas with Matt Perry and Friends was absolutely like probably season three at its height and we're in the elevator and in walks this beautiful little woman and her husband's a cowboy with this big 10-gallon hat and the big buckle that screams like, I will kill you and I do rodeo and this and that. And the woman looks at me, she doesn't know me, and she looks at Matt Perry and she starts quivering and I know you guys can't, you can see me, but she's like, she's like, it's Matthew it's Matthew Perry, and he's so funny that he goes, I'm right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so funny. But the husband, I thought we were going to get killed because I don't think he ever saw that reaction before from his own wife. Like yeah. She almost literally almost ravaged him in the elevator. And it's just like the power of being on something like yeah. friends and, yeah. And, yeah. and how the world falls in love with you. But I don't know. Uh, I, I could go on forever. But. Dude, Dave, this has been so, so much fun. fun. Yeah. Well, we thanks. could talk for hours and dude, it's late. You're on the East coast. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you've had a rough day, but God, I can't thank you enough for this. And, I'd love to have you back on some point. If Absolutely. you'd love to come sure, back man. on. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you ever yeah, listen- We forgot to talk about the wedding singer. We'll cover that. We've got a few rounds already <laughs> right. on that, so uh, uh, we're coming back to it. We, we, I, I, would like, I would like to tell in closing that I was walking on a third street promenade with Linda Cardellini, and along comes a guy wearing a ripped Yankee t-shirt, literally mustard stain, and glasses, and he's like, hey, Linda, how you doing? You know, and I was just like, you know, who's this guy bothering us, you know? And he's like, Adam. And I was like, hey, Adam Ruby. And he's like, ah, oh, nice to meet you. And his, his daughter's right there, and his daughter looks like him. And again, we're going back many, many moons. But And then she's like, Adam, you need to put Ruby in one of your movies. And I was like, oh, oh. my God. And I was just like, Adam, it's a pleasure, man. Happy oh, Gilmore's shit. favorite movie. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's a funny one with the golf. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just that that guy who's like in fact like the fact that they even got him to wear a suit at the you know man of the year whatever he right whatever well, he that dude does not dress up <laughs> uh, that dude does not dress up that dude breaks out you know on his lip every now and then i mean he's just he's as like human as, as human as it gets so uh, anyway thank you guys uh, and, and thank ladies you. and this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much buddy. appreciate you coming so on. good to thank see you, you again man Take care, man. I'll get out to L.A. soon, but you don't live there, so I don't know what I'm telling you. I'll talk to you later. I'll make the drive. Mm. For you, I would make I, the I would drive. appreciate that. <laughs> and you know what? You talk about – it's so funny because you talk about – I could talk forever. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> you know, I was listening to the American Pie soundtrack the other day, and it was good to hear you guys. Oh, thanks, buddy. There you go. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, movie lovers, it's Jackson here from the Back to the Blockbuster podcast. If you've ever wanted to hear an amateur cinephile and an industry professional chat about film and television, then look no further, because every week, my co-host Gaius and I, we bring you the latest industry news, break down the most recent trailers, try to beat the box office with our weekly predictions, and dive into our favorite movies on their anniversaries. And every second Friday, you can look forward to the Back to the Blockbuster spinoff, Deep Dives with Owen and Gaius, where the duo dissects a movie of their own choice. 
All this and more wherever you get your podcasts. Is it a one-night stand or do you hit it with a shovel or take it home to mom and dad? It's like fuck, marry or kill. It's Shag Snack Body Bag. All right, it's that time again to Shag Snag and Body Bag. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, get this thing going. Uh, Brad, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the uh, first shag? I got to say that my shag is most weddings except for your own because I my own wedding, it was like there's the stress involved in trying to make sure everybody's happy. It's not really as much as people say, oh, it's your day. It's not really because you're just like hoping that everything goes all right. And there's a lot more stress involved, um, no matter how meticulous you might have planned it. But other people's weddings, fuck yeah. <laughs> Drinks, food, uh, uh, train wrecks, like whenever it's like just a, a mess, like those are always the best. I, I, I always welcome good times or even crazy times. <laughs> as long as they're somebody else's I went to a problem. wedding once and there was like a fight. Like the, the groom was fighting somebody and, and there was blood on the limo. It was pretty awesome as people were getting ready to leave. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I mean, I was like 10 and probably traumatized, but it was still pretty crazy. Like I was like, fuck yeah, weddings. Let's do this. I love a wedding. I, my first time really getting wasted was at a wedding when I was like nine. So, you know, shit happens. I always think that like in terms of people looking good and like being there to. Yeah. You know, it's weddings, well, it's funerals, it's graduations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we no, get your A game from. It's like, like if, if 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 you really want to see everybody kind of you know trotting it out, really like, looking like see the see the best cells, like the Met Gala the and funerals. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funerals, it's weddings, and it's the Met Gala graduations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever like take a date to a wedding? Like ooh, back in the day? No, there was no back in the day. Oh, that. we do. But have what if a, your date catches a bouquet? We do have a picture. Was it from your wedding, or is it from from Nate's or, or from uh, 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 Lieutenant Dan's wedding, where it's me dancing with somebody, and we have not ever figured out that, who that, I was that, dancing that, with. that was that was that was mine. Yeah. Oh, see, we still don't know. I, yeah, we, I'm dancing with some girl, and and we no, not, no one knows who it is. We can't figure out who this girl so is. You, you you were there, stag. You, you just kind of. I was in the wedding. Oh uh, yeah, mm. but you weren't you there didn't with have the a date. date. No, and but you're. Some, I had, some I, had a, I had a, a tuxedo on. Okay. So. I wonder if you closed that night. Yeah. You just don't remember. I don't know. You you were you were a non-alcoholic wedding, so it wasn't that crazy. Was there no alcohol at my wedding? Pretty sure there wasn't. This is my first wedding. Yeah, was, I was like, yeah. I do not remember that. <laughs> that, that, that marriage, that marriage. Didn't second last. one, I was involved as well because <laughs> I, I might like have a, actually, I might have actually yeah, married. Yeah, the second one, you married me, and there was a lot of alcohol yeah. at that and one. That one's still going. So <laughs> uh, that, that one's going great. That was the missing link. <laughs> Nate, uh, what do what you get a shack from? This? Next time, I'm actually going to be marrying him. <laughs> like not like marrying, marrying him. him to somebody else. I will be marrying him. <laughs> Maybe in a throuple. You're betrothed. <laughs> um, I'm shagging uh, the Sandler team. So like th there's a, mm. you know, he, he, he has this crew that rotates through um, and late, you know, like this one doesn't feature it, but uh, Rob Schneider, you know, mm -hmm. sort of like shows up in a lot, Steve Buscemi off and on John Lovitz. And then sort of like slightly lesser known, uh, but the one that in wedding singer plays the, plays the, the limo driver friend. And, right. He's the, he's the, uh, um, the caddy in, 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 uh, happy Gilmore. Exactly. <laughs> so there's a bunch of characters and I just love it that, I mean, that cast um, that mixes in and has these cameos, even as they get more famous is a big part of what I look for, look forward to in the movies. Cause they're right. so funny and mm -hmm. they're sort of like, you know, they play it 
in exactly the right way for their their roles in a lot of these cases. So I, I think they're great in this. As good, in, in, this might be near peak for for the sort of cameos from his friends. It's just it's just it's just cool that he fucking employs his friends all the time. You know, yeah. There's definitely some guys that you'd think would they have a career? I don't yeah. know. Would would Alan Covert be anything? Would he have his own movie, Grandma's Boy? You know, probably not. If he <laughs> didn't. The quarterback from Waterboy was in was in right. this too, and it's like when in the Waterboy, he's not that great of an actor, <laughs> but at the same time, he's doing he's, he's doing funny, just fine, though. and it's funny, funny. and funny. and he's got the right people around him, and then he goes and like after he gets his like fuck you money, he's like let's just do grown ups and yep. just do a bunch of crazy shit that we didn't get to do when we were kids, and just as adults, we'll have fun, <laughs> we'll be married to hot chicks, and uh, <laughs> love it. We'll do two of those movies for fun, and we'll just make shit movies too. Who gives a fuck? We're all having fun together. But the the, the quarterback. The, the mud dogs quarterback guy he's also grandma's boy he's the the drug dealer and is he pretty solid oh, oh he's fucking hilarious <laughs> i gotta watch he's this great. movie at some point i think you i don't know what the fuck you think i don't know what you like no, no. i think i'll watch it probably sooner than i did shawshank so yeah i i honestly though it's it's the kind of stupid that i think you would appreciate because there's really not much of a story all right. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. Like, no plot, no feelings of any kind. That's I'm going to shag uh, songs that start off uh, serious and then just get fucked up and twisted. Kind of like the song he sang to about uh, what what was the his the bitch's name that left him. <laughs> uh, Linda, 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 Linda. When I think of you, Linda, I hope you fucking choke. And it starts off just kind of nice and pretty. It's just like a little song, and and, and she thinks he's going to sing this little sad it's song. It's rage mode. It is rage mode. And it's so great, and I just and I love doing that. That's something that I write songs that are fucked up and twisted. I have a song called Lactating Woman. And it's one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Most what if we change? What right. if we change BVK podcast to like the PG thirteen movie where you only get the one fuck? Ooh, how would we decide? Like, who is it whoever uses it first week? It, maybe that would be the prize for winning the last draft. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say fuck. You think you could hold back that long? No. By, by the way, can we not skip over the fact that lactating is a beautiful thing? It and is. You should keep that. I'm a, telling you, it's very beautiful. I'm telling you, what, what, someday maybe if we do the movie Knocked Up. Then I'll, I'll perform it. You're going to lactate for us? <laughs> no, I'm going to sing the song. Because oh. <laughs> oh, men can lactate, right? And I'm right about this. Oh, no. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> don't look I, at me. I don't like Carrie as the arbiter of things. I'm like, Carrie, men's are judged. Carrie, don't have me weighing in on men's uh, yeah. reproductive men organs or not. <laughs> I think oh they can. Gosh. Somebody look that up and yeah. email us. Let's I don't want that in my history. <laughs> let's move on, shall we? <laughs> somebody, go, somebody go incognito mode and then look that up. <laughs> Uh, let's jump over to snag. Uh, Nate, get us, get us going on the snags. Well, in the spirit of pissing directly up Brad's leg, I'm going <laughs> to take... that can't that's not a thing. That cannot be a thing. Pissing up Brad's leg. Yeah, it's... Like pissing up, like I'm just kind of pissing all over it, or like you're <laughs> no, on like, the ground, like lying down, pissing up my leg. What's a saying? Pissing up... You that, say pissing that, up someone's that leg. That is not a saying. Who says that? <laughs> nobody, I'm telling you. Nobody has ever saying. said that. As of today, up. Nate says that. <laughs> I'm going right. to Google this. And he's up. the only one. Did you see it on a shirt? I mean, no, I swear to. Okay. A misprinted shirt. I swear I've been using pissing up people's legs for years. You're telling me that's not Is it not pissing a up a tree? I mean, oh, maybe it's oh. pissing up a tree. Hold on. Oh, he really wants on, your leg. I think you might be right. Oh, oh he shit. wants my leg. Piss up a tree sounds familiar. I mean, I do have tree trunks for legs. I mean, I'm picturing ladies. Piss, piss up, a, up leg. a tree is a song by Face Nag. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite band. <laughs> I've got all their is albums. Is piss up a tree a saying? Pissing up a tree. That sounds familiar. Piss More up, than pissing up my leg. Piss up a rope is a song by a band called Ween. 
Okay, show. shit. Like, I'm telling you, you should Google that. I've been saying this for li- for years. You've been I was saying sure. You're piss up I've been around you a lot. Like, I don't remember. Years. I don't remember. Oh, Who do you say this to? Does, does, is your cock I, I you shaped say it, so you can actually I think get it? I say it at work. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Absolutely suitable. Okay, for somebody right. please weigh in on this. Right. But yeah, I'm going to piss up Brad shorts. As I walk by. I'm going to lay down on the ground and then just sneak attack him. Okay. <laughs> just start I'm, pissing. I'll, I'll stay away from you at the beach. I want to snag, uh, snag the chemistry between Sandler and uh, Drew Barrymore. So this movie and 50 First Dates are two of my absolute like top 20 rom-coms for sure. They then did blended. That's right. dog shit. So I'm ignoring <laughs> that. But, but those two for me, like are as good as it gets in terms of a, yeah. a pair. In fact, I you know, do, is there another, is there another rom-com team that we would say, I mean, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and, Meg and, Ryan. and Meg Ryan have to be the only other ones that I would, I would say are in that have done so multiple movies. They took the crown afterwards. No, I think I think Hanks and Ryan are still. I mean, sleeps in Seattle, and you've got mail. That's a better one-two punch. But and then, it's and damn then, close. And then Sandler and Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> don't, be, don't, be, don't make it weird. Did, okay? did, Mc, make it did weird. McConaughey and and um, Goldie, Kate Hudson? Kate Hudson. Did they do a couple together, or did they just do one? She did ten ways to. Uh, Seems like she had a, a man or something. How to lose a man in ten days? How to lose ten ten days? And then they also did one called. No, maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch Karis? Yeah. shitty movies. Karis, <laughs> have you looked? Have you figured out men can lactate? Uh, are you are you trying to turn her? What was what was going to be our name for our our assistant that we Ziggy. were going to have? Ziggy. Ziggy. Are you trying to turn Carrie's the new Ziggy? Is that like a, <laughs> she's been taking notes. Clippy. <laughs> yeah, you're a Clippy. Uh, all right. So, ask Siri. So that's but ask my, Ziggy. I'm, all right. I'm pissing up Brad's leg with uh, Drew Barrymore right, now. My, so. my shorts yeah. are now soaked. <laughs> Uh, Brad, have you snagged yet? No, I'm, but I'm going to snag Steve Buscemi because that guy, whenever he's on screen, he just does. He's just magical because you don't know what you're going to get. It might be heartfelt. It might be crazy. It might be wacky. It might be angry. I mean, you can get a lot of different versions of him. He's always going to be entertaining and he can do just the perfect little cameo in so many different movies. And, uh, you know, Donnie. Love him. He's, he's never out of his league. He's just he's always one of those guys you see on screen. And you're like, I just like that guy. There's something about him. You just pull off anything. Yeah. Is it possible that it's his 75 teeth? <laughs> Could be. So it's pointing in the right direction. Chompers. They all get a line. <laughs> I, I do. I got to give props to like anybody that like gets by like with like a, a some type of little noticeable thing like that, where it's just like that becomes their like little. Right. He couldn't have been the Hollywood catch, right? Like. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's a hundred most beautiful people or whatever it is. <laughs> well, he's probably didn't make the list. list, but he's got you know, and his but voice is kind of funny, and like he's he's got those like sort of like very prominent eyes. Prominent, but it's like, that's but, a. They don't really yeah. point the same direction. He looks like he came straight out of rehab. Googly eyes. He looks like he came straight out of rehab. But you know what? Like it's like he, he uses that old. because he stands out. It helps him stand out, right? In right. some ways, it's like you know. And you know what? Chick chicks kind of dig guys that stand out. Am I right, here? Again, <laughs> it's Ziggy. No, I mean, she only, she only, she only refer, responds to Ziggy. Now. On this here. All right, um, I'm going to snag um, jokes that are about the future. Like these are like these are the kind of jokes that Brad really loves mm-hmm. in movies that are really cheesy and corny. And and so like which one? In this one, like the what he's talks about, get out of my Van Halen T-shirt before the band breaks up. Yeah. To Linda, 
or um, like when the lady, when they're talking to her, when they're pretending, to, they're not really pretending to be a couple. They say they're brother and sister because she thinks they're a oh, couple. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then she's like, you guys just look like one you know, of those couples that stay together forever, like <laughs> Donald and Ivana and Bert and Lonnie. And, and so you know these jokes, like they didn't really <laughs> those, The Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson outfit I thought was pretty damn ridiculous. Like that he has the glove of, on and everything. I don't know. That was a little bit silly. <laughs> you didn't like something that was silly, Brad? That's weird. <sighs> Me and my weird tastes. <laughs> All right. Um, he doesn't piss up legs. That's body true. bag. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start us off with the body bags. Um, and even though it was a good scene and I did like the way it happened, I don't like wedding speeches because it reminds me of real re- wedding speeches. I'm always uncomfortable. Mm. Like I've played so many different b- weddings. And every time the speeches start, I literally find an excuse to go to the bathroom find something yeah, somewhere to hide i cannot handle it and it just because it's, uh, it's always some stupid story that doesn't make sense it's always awkward some bridesmaid saying oh, you won't what, believe this but she did this what yeah. percentage of wedding speeches would you say are good like some people are good at them you're good no, at them no I, I give a fucking i kill a wedding speech i'm not i'm not yeah. I'm, I'm not humble about that I, maybe a sibling if they're not too drunk but any of the friends all bets yeah. are off because they get into the oh before they met each other I, mm. if they st- if they stay serious, like and heartfelt, they're usually pretty good. But if they try to make it funny and they're not a naturally funny person, it's never good. Oh, yeah, Mikey, yeah. leave. Yeah, that's 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 and, bad. Or if they're just weird, like my brother, they they chew on the microphone and then talk about how <laughs> no. talk about oh. how hot your mother in law is. So. That was a, that was a great. Did that really speech. happen? Don't yell that. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I was there for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, yeah, um, one of our listeners, uh, Josh in Colorado, he's an amazing wedding. Speecher, speecher, speecher. Yeah, that's that's so, the next yeah, movie. He, he he gives a great speech, and and so shout out to you, buddy. <laughs> Who's, Who's bagging? Um, I'm body bag. We've got you know, present company excluded. I know you've played many a wedding, but mm-hmm. I, I'm body bagging wedding bands. Like it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> why you would get a band at your wedding that's gonna like not be able to play all the songs that you want and not even the style that you want. Like I mean, you might like want. A variety of stuff, and it's going to be very hard to find that band that can kind of do everything. You want to hear some Lady Gaga, and they got a male lead singer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it's a little bit weird, and and so even just DJs, like shitty DJs. If there's like DJs that just want to play like the chicken dance and all that nonsense, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, play exactly what I want. This is my day. <laughs> so my, just, my so bride's day. Let's hire a DJ that literally just can do what I can do on my phone. Well, back in the day, I mean, obviously <laughs> now, yeah, I, I, my, my friend had his uh, uh, renewal vows and I stood out on the dance floor dancing with folks and I was DJing off Spotify, off my phone and it was just fine. It, everybody, the party was going and every jam that came on, people were happy. And then, and then an ad came on for the dental whitening <laughs> and you're just all, okay. Just 30 seconds. All right. Everybody's teeth good. Okay, great. Go, go grab a drink. Yep. Dr. King dentistry. Okay. Who, who doesn't, who doesn't play, pay for Spotify premium where you don't have ads? Um, I'm, I, I might not. Free, <laughs> oh my free 99. Gosh. I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with you at all because I don't know why anybody pays money, pays us money to play at their <laughs> wedding because yeah. we're expensive as shit. I would never pay as much money as we charge for weddings, but we get it all the time. And like you said, there's songs that we can't do because we just don't have the right people in the band. We don't have the right instruments sometimes. And do they feed you? They always That's feed. That's what I want to know. They, they always feed us. And um, even though I don't like to eat before I play, I always, 
don't well, know. see, there you go. But, then you're feeding like one person as a DJ versus like five or six in a bank. They, yeah, right? so yeah. So why would you more money? And and then of course you got uh, bands usually drinking some cocktails yeah. up there too, and you never know if they're going to get hammered and do crazy shit like maybe your brother might do every now and then and oh he fought the stage or something didn't he one time yeah, it wasn't that? a wedding but yeah. <laughs> well, he's done what that kind of weddings do you guys have but uh, <laughs> anyway yeah it's just it is weird and, and like we've told a lot of people it's like especially like when they want like first dances and stuff and they ask us to play those songs like uh, oh man it, a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure <laughs> because have you ever played the walk down the aisle Oh. We Canon D. We actually have. Um, we we did like a me and Matt and Jeff did an acoustic song, a country song for uh, one wedding. Taco Bell. Um, your brother played piano years and years and years ago. He played the wedding march, and he it wasn't good. I was like, why are you laughing? <laughs> and, and, oh my god, dude, it was awkward. Did, did, did he, he try to do his out? own like artsy version? Or was no, he drunk? He was trying to play. Just, he just didn't. He just didn't, just didn't know, know it. it. And it was so bad, and, um, and that I I I just ran, I ran as fast I, I had to get away so I couldn't hear it. <laughs> I seriously because I, I felt so bad. Like that's oh what they're boy. walking down to anyway. We had a wedding here at the Bev's Outdoor <laughs> Studio last weekend. Oh really? Nice. Did you DJ? Everybody or end up in the pool, <laughs> like in clothes. Oh yeah, Wet, bridegroom. <laughs> jumped into the pool about an hour. Oh, it was a nice <laughs> warm weekend too, so it was actually probably perfect. Yeah, it was a little cold. I, t- I turned on the hot tub, seeing it coming. <laughs> yeah, like the last hour of the reception, just people were in the pool. It was partied in the pool. Oh, so that's who drank all the BBK. Yeah, uh, no, it got tapped. But it got tapped before that. Yeah, we, we the Medela was leftover wedding beer. Yeah. Oh shit, I love it. All right, what, what uh, are we? Where are we at? Have, have you body, body bag? bag? No, my body bag is that I didn't like that they had the romantic climax of the movie on the plane. There were a lot of other places they could have done it at a wedding. They could have done it at the old, the 50, you know, the, the like anniversary party. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. The plane felt like it was sort of like forced and contrived and like one act play. And I didn't mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so I'll take, I'll take that and change the setting. I'm on a body bag. Your second body bag. The <laughs> first body bag was better because it was about Brad fucking up. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Brad still in, in, all, in all seriousness, in all in all seriousness, in all seriousness, this Brad, weather. I blame it on the weather. You know what? Brad Brad does all of our recording. He's yeah, and all of our editing, and the number of fuck ups Brad has is a, like he bats like nine ninety nine. Right. Yeah, so this is the ratio. Uh, Brad, we, we love is, you, man. Love you. you do you do the you do the Lord's work here. He's beating uh, himself up so hard right he now, is. and it's, it's actually kind totally of, fine. It's making me sad it because dude, nice. you have no reason to be that mad at yourself right now. No, just don't. just wait until I'm shitting all over the place and <laughs> yeah, I'm not here. I can't. Oh, dude, you still have an excuse. Will, we literally can't record if Brad doesn't show up. I don't think we can do it. It's not that hard to push buttons, Nate. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll come back from my shitting myself all week and then there'll be labels on the buttons and like now, oh you fucking rookies now Scott's pissing now Scott's pissing up Brad's leg <laughs> quit pissing up my leg gentlemen let's Just, move on to our next category oh, let's do some streaming racks oh streaming racks oh, okay well, now we're talking about streaming yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm pissing up legs. all over Brad's leg <laughs> am I right Carrie that was a good yeah, segue go. whatever <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. So what do we want to recommend to people that is kind of similar and is hopefully streaming? 
sometimes we, we've gotten off the uh, it's actually streaming kick lately. So hopefully uh, we got something people can actually watch. I have one that's streaming. Okay. What do you got there? So I, I've decided, and I've done this many times without making this decision, but I've finally actually like established this, that I do not give a fuck if I've recommended a movie before several times. Okay. I, I think I established <laughs> that with Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what, <laughs> Hank, if you're out there, and of course you are, I, what I want is the metric of how, who has recommended the same movie the most and what movie that is. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. I want to see that. Because which I believed until I think the last time you recommended it was a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I finally was like, is that a fucking cartoon that you keep recommending? Which would be on brand, right? right. Well, I'm just saying, Definitely it's going to be Pixar, your Shawshank, which is going to make me sad because I really want you to watch that movie. I can't wait till I watch it and I can just like be kind of meh about it. You're going to be like <sighs> 16 and you'll be like, yeah, I finally watched that fucking album. You know what I'm going to watch soon that like <laughs> that, that I heard somebody recently say was great was, um, yeah, I don't remember the name of it. I'll check in. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> oh, Lawrence oh, of Arabia. Oh. Has anyone seen that? Yeah, never. back in the day. Never never watched it. No. Somebody was like talking shit. You've never seen it either? How about Ben-Hur? I've seen Ben-Hur. You've oh, seen Ben-Hur? Hours of it. A couple hours of it. Is it. How many hours is it? There's a lot. There's well, Lawrence like, of Arabia is close to four, four supposedly. Right. Yeah, somebody on one of the pages was like, they just saw it for the first time and they were raving. And I was like, do I really want to watch this movie? Am I going to watch this movie and be like, this would have been good when movies were made 70 years ago? And now it sucks. Right. So how many yeah. episodes would a six-hour movie take you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, haven't talked, we haven't talked about episodes in a while. That's a yeah. nice callback from back Dude, in the day. That would, it would Bro. take you half a year. Good luck on that. I've got to we'll say, I've got to say that I've done better with. I've been watching it movies in larger chunks, but still not on larger screens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my streaming recommendation, which is on Apple Plus, is Cha Cha Real Smooth. Ah, so have I, I think I've recommended you, this on you, the pod. I think you've recommended it once. Okay, maybe, so, maybe, so I'm not even close to maybe. Amelie. Maybe you talked about it twice, but I know you recommended it in streaming records. This once. might have caught right. up with sleeping with other people for me. I think right. I've recommended that three times. But anyway, so it, it's a th that one's there's a character, the main character in that, and the sort of action of it occurs when not weddings, but but he's like the bar mitzvah party maker, right? And uh, it's great. It's super, super fun and endearing. And uh, so it kind of reminded me of this movie. So if you if you love yourself and you want to enjoy life, you should probably watch that. So movie. a better version is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying that for people <laughs> that have terrible, terrible taste in movies, they might not like this either. Oh, okay. So right. you shouldn't yeah. watch this either. I <laughs> yeah. probably won't like it. <laughs> Streaming for, recommendation for I, everybody except for For Brad. somebody whose favorite movie is about bands playing against each other. Um, Scott to, Pilgrim? To, to, yeah. <laughs> it's not about a battle of the bands. I haven't seen that, dude. Oh, my, oh my Lord. Gosh. That's two. And you can talk <laughs> That's two. All right. Okay. That's it. Brad, let's hear it. We already... I, but this is easy for me because there was two Adam Sandler movies that came out in 98, uh -huh. and one of them was great, and one of them sucked. And the one that was great was The Water Boy. <laughs> you got to check out The Water Boy because it's it's got the same thing where he's not the asshole Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. He's very endearing. He's very sweet. Um, but it's just got a lot more comedy. It's just crazy, crazy football action. The old, the old mud dogs are, are just one of the best college football teams of all time. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk shit about Waterboy. <laughs> I, I will talk shit about everything else. You I will talk about, shit about Waterboy. But, oh, <sighs> wait, what will you talk shit about? It's on Hulu. <laughs> I guess that's a reason to talk shit, but. Well, we've already covered this, so I'm not going to keep Whatever. going. All right. Um, yeah, my, I have a little bit of a different direction. 
because this to me kind of classifies in that tricky category of a musical, but it's not a musical. They kind of trick you into liking a musical kind of, you know, and I know you hate real musicals because they about singing dialogue. We've, we've gone through that, which is why this isn't as long as my objection is continued to be registered. This isn't, (laughs) this isn't a musical because it's just, you know, the performances are in the, in the, in the movie, but there's a similar one, similar romantic movie, not a comedy. I'm not going with Greece. (laughs) Let the man finish. I'm gonna and and I we've may have I may have recommended this, you might have recommended this, but I'm gonna recommend Once. Oh, that's a great oh. movie. Oh. Okay. Once is just a fantastic movie. Glenn Hansard and Marketa Erglova, I believe. I don't know Gorgeous how song. It. And this amazing the songs. Did, he did Sing Street, correct? No, no, not. he did not do Sing Street. Oh, my bad. So he did, he did uh, Begin Again. Okay. And one more. Did well, he? he, he well, he he was he was in the commitments. So okay. he, he was one of the band members in, in the commitments, okay. and, he, and he's an actual singer songwriter. Okay, maybe that's he's in a band, a band called a tr- The Frames. It's like a trilogy. It's it's once it's begin again, and I maybe it's the commitments. I just mean it, no, I just mean like he I'm, has three movie like music hmm. movies. That I'm pretty. I've sure. I've never oh. seen Begin Again, so I don't know. Oh, dude, oh, it's a good one. Oh, okay. it's really good. Yeah, Kira right. Knightley is a phenomenal. She sings. She okay. sings but legit. I you don't like singing movies. Okay, Can you, all right. <laughs> I love that one. So I'm, I'm I'm shocked. So, okay. So this is a great segue that Carrie offered because I want to get into this shit again. By the way, it's on Wait, Hulu. how and when did you see Begin Again? Before or after you hated singing okay, movies? Okay. This is my clarification. A mu- <laughs> the musical to describe movies where there are lots of songs and also movies where there is singing dialogue, to call them both musicals is like the biggest travesty in musing n- name and nomenclature. So what's the other one called? The well, not musical is like a good movie, and then musicals okay, are fair. dog Begin shit. Begin again is a I don't good know. movie. No, Begin again, no, because so no, nobody sings dialogue. Is that what zero we're saying? dialogue song? It's just people. It's it's a it's a movie about music. Where but, music but you get some performed. interludes where they're actually going to be singing and like performing. That they have songs about what's going. What on What does in the that movie? mean? What wait, they have songs about oh, what's oh, going on. Okay, wait, no. The songs tell the story of the movie, wouldn't you say? I mean, there's so. God. Maybe they're not oh, singing God. all the lyrics, Damn but you, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Carrie. This. this is fantastic. I don't want to talk about this. I'm not listening. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, movie. okay. Yeah, we, we, I want to hear what you were saying about Brad about the musical interludes. So you're saying part of what makes it a musical is that like they're singing as a transition point or something. Well, you're just going to watch them perform songs. Like I, that's yeah. That that but that doesn't like make a it star a musical. is born right. It's just like they perform songs a bunch in the movie. Have you not seen that? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Are you We're going to have to have a trade-off. We're the worst movie pod. Brad and I are going to be like two little kids with baseball cards. I'm going to big see these dogs. I'm going to go, you got to watch this. Okay, I got to watch this. Yeah. Okay, so no, it's it's the the story is about a musician, about musicians. Like so like it'd be like saying that a movie about trash about like garbage men is like a garbageical. <laughs> Garbageical. That's my favorite word ever. Right? Like uh, it's no, it's a movie about garbage men. Like it's a movie about musicians. Just, right. they, that's not the same as well, like does, somebody that was so stupid they couldn't write real dialogue. Does anybody call like a Star is born or, or whatever the movies you guys are talking about? Do they call them musicals? Yes. In, in the like if you go look at the Golden Globes and you nominate them, it's for comedy or musical. Star is born, spoiler alert, not a comedy. But is nom what well, I think was nominated in the musical or comedy because it's supposedly a musical. That's dog shit. Okay, and you heard it here first. All right, <laughs> settled. <sighs> okay. Anyway, check out once. It's on Hulu. 
amazing movie. I remember the first time I watched it. Call. It just I just had the biggest goosebumps. And ever. such bittersweetness so in the best, but yeah. also worst way. Great story. Great. Awesome. Dragging a vacuum around town too, huh? That's right. <laughs> Hoover Hoover repairman. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our alternate endings. No jet watch for Maverick. Mexico on that goose stick. Iceberg list Titanic. Leo's drawing that nude shit. Jim fucks Nadia like we all thought he should. Ricky and Doughboy get the fuck out the hood. Luke hooks up with Leia just like he's intending. It's time for a reshelf and alternate endings. Here's the point of the show where we decide to possibly fuck up a great movie. Right, Brad? Um, uh-huh. Or make it better. Right, Brad? I did. I, I gave up on this one. I, I couldn't think of anything that I wanted to do to it. I was. Well, you had I really issues. Just, I mean, I figured you could probably fix it somehow. I, I just, all I can think about Brad. is like I wanted to hit what's his name with the guitar like seventeen times. The uh, which, which, the, the boyfriend. Oh, Glenn. Glenn. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, well, that segues kind of nicely into. I'll, I'll give you an, a, an alternate ending. Okay. <clears throat> so, it's it's more of just a something to add to the ending. So. You know how and sometimes in the movies, the way they kind of take the characters and they'll like show a little picture of them and they'll say, so-and-so, this is what happened to him after the movie. You know, they have like a little title card. One of my favorite kind of so, endings. Great endings, right? So I want that to happen. And so it'll, it'll start, movie will end, you know, the wedding, all that stuff. And then it'll show a picture of Sammy, the limo driver, and um, what's her name? Holly, the sister. Yeah, you know, they're so hooking up. They're hooking up. And so and then it might say something like, they get married. They found a catering and limo service, which eventually becomes DoorDash or something mm-hmm. stup- stupid like that. You know? Okay. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And then the show Steve Buscemi, he becomes the hottest wedding band in town, you know, which is- okay. Self-taught. Right, self-taught. No, <laughs> no lessons, lessons thanks to you, Dad. <laughs> thanks, Pop. <laughs> yeah, and then they, they say Robbie and Julia live happily ever after. Robbie becomes a famous songwriter. Most importantly, you get the, the card with Glenn. And it says, Glenn gets caught doing inside trading, gets life in prison, where he becomes grade-A choice meat for his new cellmate. Okay. And, and then you see end. the cellmate behind him, snuggling him in the classic right. classic trope. I mean, as if white-collar crime goes to prison. Well. <laughs> this, was, this, was back, this was back in the day when prisons were, no, wait, never mind. Uh, because because white-collar crime never went. My, my biggest issue with the ending of this movie is the fact that Glenn... He's shoved into a bathroom and that's it. That's the last we see him. I, I wanted to see a little something more than him just losing the girl. Okay. All right. So it's it's, ni- it's nineteen eighty five. What what song? You said he becomes a famous songwriter. What song is he is he famous for writing? What would we oh, say? Oh shit. What's the what's the song that's gonna like set him off? Put me on the spot. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I got nothing. Okay. I was just trying <laughs> to think of, like what would what would make him famous? Like what 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 song could we say he was responsible for? <sighs> I was thinking something like Two Life by Two Life Crew. That's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> Sounds like that was going to be his wheelhouse. I'm like It's probably too early, huh? I was going to say Jump by Pointer Sisters. No, too early. <laughs> too early? <laughs> I don't know why, why that popped in my head. And every, every, everything, everything by Justin Bieber. Uh, he probably mm-hmm. started writing pop Hard songs. Bieber. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to satisfy uh, Scotch's cautious... I want to quench Scotch's thirst over there. Oh, mm. uh, real quick before before we go, that I just want to say, Scotch, if you, you, I don't think you've ever read the the, the Small Town Boys script. I, has he? Oh, you I start I started it. I didn't finish it. Yeah, okay, thanks. What asshole. a fucking asshole! Well, if you would have got to the end, you, it, it's right up your wheelhouse. It's mm. your favorite type of ending. 
All right. That's oh. how cliche we are. Well, I lost the link. <laughs> it was, it, it, it's a little formulaic. It's not entirely formulaic, mm-hmm. though. There's some... There's heart. A little, little heart, a little bit of curveball. Okay, so we're on the plane. Everything's happened exactly as it, as it has. Okay? We're on the plane. Glenn gets up. He's pissed. He's going to try to challenge it. Billy Idol gets in his way. He's, like, trying to push past Billy Idol. Billy Idol pushes him back, pushes him into the bathroom. And then right before he closes the door, Idol just absolutely leaps into the bathroom, fangs <laughs> extended, door shuts behind him. A little bit of blood comes out of the bottom of the, of the like underneath the door of the bathroom. Wedding singer till dawn. Uh, yeah. There's the dawn. That's the okay. one. There it is. There it is. Um, I don't know if there's any other way to end this movie. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's a great end. The you, plane goes I, down. Feels great. I mean, what I, well, I was thinking of the plane goes in. I mean, what I, sometimes I do like, <laughs> but sometimes I do like to think about like, what if movies really engages in some serious fuckery? Like, a movie that's just like this one, but then like she just is kind of not into it at the end. <laughs> like he sings the song, she's like, and she just thought nice. that was super nice. I'm I kind of want to find myself. Yeah, I'm she's not like, you know what? Thanks for reminding me that Glenn's an asshole. But an you know asshole, what? But I think I'm ready just to kind of yeah, go on my own. I'm, not I'm, gonna, I'm a pretty cool chick. I'm not going to date some fucking wedding singer. Yeah, she, and yeah, that's she, it. She doesn't need to use him. <laughs> like he doesn't have to be the reason why she leaves Glenn. She should be coming to that conclusion on her own. Yeah, and just like go out yeah. and find her own thing. Oh, wait, she's like, you know what? I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be a reporter and go infiltrate a high school. <laughs> right. Maybe some stat rape. <laughs> And then, and then it's never. Julia, been, it's it's wedding singer two. Never been kissed. Julia Gulia becomes <laughs> Josie Grossi. Oh, oh look at that! There's so many connections. The the initials. It actually makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Is there a chance? I'm just. Is there a chance that those same are spiritual universe? sequels? That that's the same universe. It could be. It could be. <sighs> All right. Well, that was great. Talked about wedding singer. Got everything out of there. Obviously, Brad doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. Um. But um, I don't think I will ever talk about this movie again. <sighs> All right, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I had a great time. I, I enjoyed myself. Love, love the movie. Hope you guys had a good time. Next week, we are going to do a draft based on, I mean, obviously, Robbie Hart, best cover band around. And so we kind of wanted to do a draft based off of a great cover band or great cover songs in, in, in a movie. So we are going to be drafting the most memorable cover songs performed in a movie. And we'll get into the caveats a little bit next week once we get into that. Well, we've so. done original songs before, so we did original songs from right. movies. So they had to have actually like been performed and created by the band in the movie. Right. Uh, so this is a new one for us. And it's not just cover songs that are playing in the background of some dumb scene. Correct. This is the the, the actors and actresses are performing. Right. And what performing means, well, I guess we'll talk about yeah. it. Carrie, if, if Zach still has dysentery next week, will you draft with us? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. I wonder, this is one of those situations where it's like, you know, somebody gets hurt mid-season and then we bring in, we bring somebody up, you know, call them up and then they just. Maybe she'll just. They just don't ever give the position up. Zach may never come back. Put me in, coach. Yeah. There you go. I'm telling you, Zach. She's ready to play. It was was a good run, Zach, but you're out. So, yep. Well, sorry for your sorry, buddy. It's been fun. Sorry for your butthole. But uh, no, yeah, we'll we'll have a, a a guest come on and judge us, and and we have some exciting stuff to talk about with him. Um, he's actually a member of Brad's brother's band. That isn't me. Oh boy! And uh, I so thought about those we'll, guys. We'll talk to him. I know. Uh, a Catalina wine mixer tickets go on sale in uh, a month. That is a, yeah, June first. 
So yeah. watch our socials. We will we'll let you know what those tickets. Um, it's going to be the best, folks. Yeah. Oh, my god! It's going to basically be like Best Video Kingdom with like a side of Set Brothers. Yeah. It's like. And just a lot of chaos and good food and good drinks. Yeah. So come. Yeah. Buy tickets. Winning combination. Yeah. Absolutely. Bye-bye. I can grab your favorite podcast. Let's start this thing.